Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we are rewatching every episode of Ali McBeal through 2019 eyes. Yeah. And today we have our first returning guest, which I feel like is a pretty big milestone yeah. for a pod. We've been going long enough to make it <laughs> worth having a guest come back. We have Mr. Liam H. Dempsey with us on the podcast today from Spotlight Pod. Hello, I'm back following my demand to be on one episode of every season. <laughs> it's been over a year since you were last on, though. So I it has been, like... yeah, 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 because I was on for episode eight of season one. Yes, yes. which was the Starbucks episode. It was a great episode. Otherwise known as. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what yeah. have you been up to since then? Uh, well, I mean, in terms of the podcast world... No, no, uh, just your general life. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. But, uh, it's a, a, yeah, if you, I presume kind of most of your listeners, this seems like a kind of podcast where if you're listening to it on the regs, you would have listened to every single episode. Uh, well, but, but for those for those who don't remember, um, I do a podcast called Spotlight, uh, a Star Trek podcast from a non-Chucky yes. perspective. Um, what I mean by that is the three people who host it were not Star Trek fans before we started the podcast. Uh, so we're viewing it very much from an outside uh, perspective. We've now been doing that for three years. We just, just, had our, just had our three-year anniversary the other day, which yeah. is really, really cool. Um, cool. So, you know, after three years, I, I would say we now probably do qualify as trackies, I would say, yeah. so in yeah. some way, shape or form. Have you been embraced into the bosom of the trekkie community? Well, we feel like we have, <laughs> yeah. In terms Good. of, I mean, what's been really great is we've been able to get um, people actually involved in the franchise on the show um yes. so some of our latest guests include shazard latif um who plays ash tyler in star trek discovery yeah. um yeah. say so he's kind of like the romantic uh lead of the show uh alongside sonequa martin green uh, yeah. who yeah. plays uh, michael burnham uh, of course, he's also famous for being Clem Fandango from Toast of London uh, yes. as well. And lots of other amazing roles. He's an incredible actor, and we did an episode uh, interviewing him. That was a great uh, episode. Yeah, really it was wicked. It. He invited us into his home. And it was really, really nice, good chat with him. We've also had an episode with Michelle Specht. Yes. Uh, Dr. McKenna from Star Trek Continues. Um, easily the most popular Star Trek uh, fan film series ever and she was wonderful really really amazing um, person to chat to also since I was on last we've started a whole new strand of the podcast called Spotlight of the Movies yes uh, where we analyse a film um, basically featuring a member of Star Trek alumni either in front or behind the camera and that has been really cool because it's allowed us to branch out because Matt and Paul and I, the other guys who I do the podcast with, are, when it comes down to it, just massive film fans. Yeah. And, you know, we can do deep dives on movies that are outside the Trek world, which has been really, really good fun. And we've had some great guests on for those episodes as well. Nick DeSimon yeah. from uh, Empire Magazine yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, came on to talk about Inner Space. Yeah. Uh, we have Boyd Hilton yes. uh, come and talk about Showtime, uh, which is yeah. really, really great. Uh, so yeah it's been a huge amount of fun so if you're into Star Trek or even if you're just not come, yeah just yeah. do a film come, come and have a listen yeah, it's, it's great really it's a good podcast 
Um, we've had Matt on as well. For we have, like, yeah. But we haven't had uh, Paul on no, yet. Well, you'd have to force one. him to watch an episode. Exactly. I, I'm not sure that he'd be on board for I mean, watching an this, this is a man who's got a newborn baby at home. Like, you know, <laughs> time is limited. Exactly. I'm not sure time. if he's got time to squeeze in an episode. <laughs> Bill, I days. know. While you're watching, doing the night feed, just have it on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay but yeah thank you we're very pleased to have you back yeah, on yeah it's a pleasure it's to be gonna back. be great so, it's gonna be great it's gonna be great okay um so today yes we are discussing uh episode 18 of season two those lips that hand <laughs> Which I don't know what that's in reference to. Other well, it's than... to, in reference to what happens in the no, no, but that hand. But what about those lips? The kiss, the whole Billy and Annie kiss. No, maybe. But Let's that's... go through it and look okay. up for it. Right, okay. okay, all right. Okay. Keep your eyes peeled for lips, people. <laughs> okay, so those lips, that hand, first aired nineteenth of April, nineteen ninety nine. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. UK number one. Mm-hmm. Martine McCutcheon. This is my moment. <laughs> now, this is my perfect moment. With yeah, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, story time. You need to come the day, back. The day that Liam proposed to me. Right. Afterwards, after he proposed, me, him, my best friend, and a friend, another a mutual friend, are all sat in the pub. My best friend's going to get like champagne yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. And so <laughs> Me and, me and our mutual friend are like kind of chatting and then we suddenly hear Liam sort of absentmindedly be like, this is my moment. <laughs> Liam, this is my perfect. And we, me and my mutual friend just are like, History has you know, proven me right in terms of it's clearly a classic uh, song as it was currently number one uh, at, at this time. So, what know. made it pop into <laughs> no, it's so random. Were you a secret Martin McCutton stan? A what? <laughs> That's what the kids call fan these days. Stan? Is it? Yeah. yeah, have you not heard this? Yeah. No. When people get well, oh, because of Stan. Yes. Yes. Basically. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like I was about to say, like it's that seems almost weird that that's what the kids call it. Yeah. Because that, yeah. well, that's quite an old song. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Don't ask me how the internet works. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I wasn't. But for some reason, it came to hey, look. This it was, was the star. This, 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 this was my moment. My perfect moment. Yeah. So, it was so. Yeah. Like so you felt that you because you're not someone that I can imagine like just singing out of nowhere. Well, like, it, was, it was very, very absent minded. It really was. It was super. It was, just, it was so funny. It was. It was a proper like his subconscious has bubbled up. Well, I and this is what happened. 
I sing all the time. Okay, he does. Right. He does. Yeah. Like uh, I love. I'm lo- in support I, of this. I love a little sing song. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Like, yeah. okay. So that's a very special song for both of you. Yeah, okay, okay. Good. <laughs> so the US number one is TLC. Um. Um, no scrubs? Yeah, yeah. well um, done. Yeah, I was about to say, this is too late for waterfalls. Yes. Scrubs are gonna can't get no love from me. I still remember that video and the dance routine. Yeah. Like the bit where they jump. They yeah, 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 no, same here. Yeah, same yeah. yeah. Uh, 23rd of April, election is released. Yes. With Reese Reese Witherspoon. Oh, the Alexander Payne Yeah, films. And Matthew... Yes. Broderick. Broderick. I yeah. think he said McConaughey then. Like, no. <laughs> Jeanette from Sun Double Deep. Yeah. Um, another friend's podcast. Yeah. Has a random irrational hatred of Matthew Broderick. And every time... Is I it because other... he killed people? Seen... What? Has he? <laughs> what? <laughs> he killed... He killed, like, two... I think it was two people. What is happening? What? 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 Have you, did you not know this? No. No, obviously not. I knew he was married to SJP. Yeah, but he, he... Let me just... I I mean, I didn't know he was married to SJP. Our did you know? And I didn't know Didn't that, you know he was married to no. SJP? They've been married for years. Uh, but I don't care much about celebrities. Like, I just didn't... Yeah, I didn't know. I'm sure I've told you about this before. Maybe, but... I mean, what they've been married for years? What since Sex and the City did, and they're still yeah, married. The they're still season. married now. They've been married for, yeah, so yes. in one of the longest marriages in Hollywood, known to be. Yeah, so in 1987, while in Northern Ireland, Broderick Cross. <laughs> Why is Broderick getting involved in the the troubles? Broderick. <laughs> so so Matthew Broderick was in a car with Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing. Right. They Enough to make anyone murderous. <laughs> They crossed into the wrong lane and collided head-on with a Volvo driven by uh, a woman, 28, who was accompanied by her mother, who was 63, and killed both of them instantly. <gasps> I did not know that. Yeah. And he was driving? He was driving. Right, okay. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. He was charged with causing death by dangerous driving and faced up to five years in prison. Right. But was later convicted on a lesser charge of careless driving and fined... $175. What? The victim's son and brother called the verdict a travesty of So justice. that is about 87 bucks mm. per person. Mm. That's horrendous. Anyway, wow. so... Didn't know that can of worms would open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. did right. I? Um, but I but election is a very good film. Yeah, it anyway. is. How did we get... Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so April... Uh, just to prepare you, this is a bit rough now. Oh no! Okay, rougher than finding out Matthew Broderick's a killer. Yes, yes. April nineteen ninety nine was a shit show for both sides of the Atlantic. Because... Uh, wait, I'm No, no. Seventeenth oh. of April, a nail bomb, the first <gasps> of three, planted by David Copeland, the oh, London yes. nail bomber. He was a neo-Nazi militant who aimed to start a race yes. war in the UK. Explodes in the middle of a busy market in Brixton, yeah. South London. His first bomb targets the black British yeah. community in Brixton. Um, 48 people were injured. Yeah. His second bomb goes off 24th of April in an East End Bangladeshi community. Yeah. And 13 people were injured. I remember that. And then... 
20th of April is the Columbine yeah. High School Columbine Massacre. High School. Yeah. Um, where two Littleton, Colorado teenagers opened fire on their teachers and classmates, yes. killing 12 students and one teacher and then themselves. At the time, it was the deadliest school shooting in the United States. Sadly, it has been surpassed yes. several times over. Quite. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so seriously, and it doesn't get much better as April goes on, like in regards to what was going on in in the world, it's like really insane. Wow. April 99 was, was like happening? a real shit show. The planets must have been in a crazy alignment. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really weird how suddenly, because there was fuck all in March going on. <laughs> they were waiting for April. <laughs> it was yeah. all in April. It was yeah. so, yeah, but I, I remember like the Columbine, because yeah. Dunblane, yeah. Dunblane, which is the UK's most deadliest shooting yeah. in a school. Well, ever actually, yeah. like um, that was ninety six. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I was younger. Yeah, and I, I don't really remember that. I remember at the time. it really vividly because I was just started secondary school and it was a big topic of conversation in yeah. like assembly and stuff. Because obviously, I don't know, they just thought people would be affected by it and yeah. wanted to assure people of stuff. But yeah, and um. Yeah, I really do remember that. I don't remember it at yeah. not much at all about yeah. it. Um but yeah, but I really remember the Columbine yeah. happening. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. And yeah. I just find it amazing that it still happens. Well, it's just shocking that that was so shocking then and now it's just like Because with Dunblane uh, it was suddenly there was a massive like the aftermath of that meant that Things were tightened up, like, yeah, let's never let this boring. happen again. Yeah. And as such, it remains it our, yeah. high, like, our, our deadliest school shoot. It, it, it remains the deadliest yeah. um, shooting yeah. in in British history. Whereas like, in whereas America, it's just gone. It's just work. exploded. Yeah. And, no yeah, like... <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, it is. Meanwhile, this episode went out. Exactly. But this is, look, this is what the American public needed while this was all going on. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Some light-hearted Ali McBill goodness. Dramedy. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Comedy would have been too far. That would have been poor taste at a tie lace. What we needed was some dramedy. Yeah, right. Um, so have you finished with your yes. you ready? Okay, that's enough of that. Right, <laughs> close that book and never open it again. Ring the alarm. We've got a new subscriber to our Patreon. Ellie has subscribed at Renee level. Thank you for joining us, Ellie. Back to the show. So, we start, uh, Vonda is singing a song called 342946, which is a song I'd never heard before, but it's by a band called The Showman. And I never want to hear it again. (laughs) Um, As Ali is pouting and posing in the mirror. I mean, like she's a model. It's really weird. (laughs) Yeah, she's like got her hands up by her face. She's like almost voguing. Like, it's really weird. It's very odd. Um, And then she stops. And she looks closer in the mirror and there's a record scratch. And then she just starts wailing. <laughs> I thought she'd found a spot yeah. like, at first. I thought no. that's what it was going to be. And I was like, oh, No, God. no. 
there are things that are worse than a spot. Yeah, well, as, wait, as, as we wait. find, yeah, yeah. Um, we get a shot of Renee hearing this wail from the kitchen, just looking completely nonplussed and <laughs> dunking a tea bag and just reading this piece of paper. And she's like, what? <laughs> and Annie just hurries out of the bathroom, grabbing the side of her face and kind of tapping it as she walks up to Renee to show her. Um, and it turns out she's found a wrinkle. Um, and she's asking Renee if it was there yesterday and Renee's just really fed up like here we go again like what the hell and Ali's like no it's happening I'm getting old and Renee's like no every time you have a birthday and Ali's like look at that and Renee's like Ali if you got a new wrinkle I'm sure we would have seen something on the news (laughs) and Ali's looking at her face in like a ice cream scoop or something Um, and she's like just because you have perfect perfect skin Um, and Renee's like why aren't you preparing for tomorrow? And Ali's like, why are you over-preparing? And Renee says, because it's a murder trial and I am not losing to you guys again. You can tell the biscuit that if he starts pulling his usual nonsense and then Ali starts sort of sniggering and Ali's like, I'm serious, Ali. If he pulls those stunts, I'll go for contempt. And Ali's like, ooh. And Renee's like, you're probably just trying to distract me now with this wrinkle business. And Ali's (laughs) like, the wrinkle is there. And it turns out all of this is because she's turning... 20 fucking nine. Well, yeah, I was about to say, 29. Now, this is not insane, but you know what? I think this this show was now made, this episode went out when? What year? 99. 99. So this is now 20 years ago. Yes, okay. correct. And it's one of those things where we did think about ageing very differently then. Like, now, it is that thing of 60 is the new 40, in terms of most people now, like, turning 40 are still really young or seem really young yeah kind of thing. like you know i'm 34 like all these characters in this show all feel older than me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah i understand that they're played often by actors who are slightly older anyway mm-hmm. but whenever you watch any shows of this era like this friends is a big yeah. one as well yeah. they're all meant to be in their 20s and they all seem way more adult than we do now like, yeah. it, because that's the thing like our generation is caught in constant arrested development. They, oh, everyone looks way younger than they did then. And people are ageing far, far slower. So it is a thing like then it was, oh my God, I'm going to turn 30. Kind of thing. Whereas now it's, 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 it's not yeah. as big a deal. I, yeah, I feel like you're right in that perceptions of what you're supposed to be doing at each age have shit changed. Yeah. Um, so... Like, you, I think part of the reason that Ali's having such a hard time is because society pushes messages on women, particularly, that you're meant to have achieved certain things by a certain age. And she's terrified that she's not done those things yet. I think she's just more worried about having a wrinkle on her Well, that too. But it's a sign. It's like a symptom of the fact that she's getting older. She's not where she feels she should be. She's not married yet. She's not, you know, on her way to partner. She's not got a maternity leave coming up. Oh, there's a balloon. the windows just released the helium balloon. balloon or no, I think it's a number it two. two. Yeah, it's like someone's two. birthday. Oh, sad. Um, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I hope it's not the two from a 29. You're nine now! Memory! Um, yeah, no, I think uh, I think you're right. Um, so these days, people are feel 
people are fighting back against that narrative in that just because you're 30 doesn't mean to, mean that you need to be yeah, married with kids to be successful. Not. Just because, you know, you're 40 doesn't mean that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, actually, you know, age doesn't mean I have to stop or should be doing yeah. anything, really. Yes. You know? Yes, definitely. So I think that's true. But I also think that I know that... <laughs> As I get older, um, and me and my friends and my peer group are still, like, specifically around physical signs of ageing, still, I think, have an internal struggle against what society is telling us that we should be doing, which is looking younger. Like, yeah. keep looking younger, keep age at bay, you know, yeah. versus what actually happens to you as you yeah. get older. So, you know, we all had a big thing. When we all turned 30, we were all a bit like, oh God, a wrinkle. Oh God, like I got my first, realised I had grey hair this year. I, and it was a big deal. Same here. Like, I literally, um, at, at work, literally like two days ago, I saw like my first, white it was white I know hair like I was like what the fuck when when you said ah to her saying about oh I've got grey hair now you said it as if you were gonna go oh I've been wanting to mention it for so long and you have got grey hair I know I know well it's because I stopped highlighting my hair this year and like uh, I only have it blonde on the ends now so it meant that the roots I'm now like what the fuck I think this is because I I haven't dyed my hair in like a really long time. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) No, I know. And also I wonder if there's more and I just can't see them because I've just got terrible eyesight. But it's also just like, it shouldn't matter. And I keep having to, at first I started plucking them out, but then my hairdresser was like, that's a bad thing to do because it's not that they grow back more, it's that they grow back thicker and wirier. And that doesn't look as nice. Um, and and I was like, why am I pulling them out? Like, yeah. what message has got embedded in me yeah. that means that I think that grey hair is a bad thing to well, have? Well, I had to pull mine out to to check what it was <laughs> yeah. because I couldn't actually. I think see everyone it. does that the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like from now on, I'll just leave it. But I was just like, it, am I actually seeing this? But this? it's yeah. But I'm. Isn't that funny? How I like know. even though we know these days. Oh, another balloon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Party's really not going there well. There goes the nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it? a little balloon this time. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's just a normal. Yeah. Normal balloon. Anyway, it's not getting balloons. <laughs> it's funny we're talking about Annie's birthday episode and there were just balloons outside. What's happening? Um. Anyway, so yeah, I just think it's it's funny that even though intellectually I know things have changed and actually age doesn't really mean anything and what's, yeah. the, what's the big deal. I still have that reaction to signs of aging. I'm like, I guess, oh, no, stop I, it, stop it. I, I was I was just a bit like, oh, it's that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. this is... And it, yeah, it made me feel a bit like, oh. But I, was, I wasn't like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I, was. I wasn't crying. <laughs> I didn't cry, but I was a bit like... <laughs> I didn't scream like Ali did. No, I don't think anyone reacts like Ali did. But certainly, you know, it's... Yes. Uh, it's definitely a thing um and it still exists even now yeah 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 um so renee tries to calm ali down by saying um 
you know, women reach their prime in their thirties, and but she doesn't sound convinced yeah. when she says it because Ali's like says who, and she says women in their forties. <laughs> um, and then Ali is talking about how you know all she got out of her last relationship was a tetanus shot, and her life is passing her by. And Renee's like, Ali, you're in a first degree murder trial tomorrow. <laughs> i.e. you've got a big career and it's you know it's not like you're not doing anything and Ali's like I'm a year from 30 and Renee's like well look at it this way your 20s have been a big disaster it's almost over and she does a smile therapy (laughs) smile and then we're in titles I was about to say this is interesting because this is not a show that usually deals with things like murder trials and from that I would say it's reasonably rare for no, the usual to... is sexual harassment. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I swear... for not being, they're known. Well, they've acknowledged in the show that murder's like a step up for them. Yeah, like, up until it. this point, I swear it wasn't the only time they dealt with like a murder, like the practice crossover. I possibly. I can't feel every other time I listen to your podcast, it always just seems to be like you say, sexual harassment. Yeah, that's it. That's basically it. So as soon as they said murder trial, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of like a big episode. Then in terms of the uh, trial storyline, and they can't be really setting up for Renee versus John, which I was excited for the prospect of. Yeah, yeah. We're into titles. I kind of watching this again, just kind of luxuriated in the 90s title sequence of, it, <laughs> of just kind of literally... I'm just used to it now. Cra- it cracking, <laughs> cracking theme tune, lots of shots of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot fucking believe that fucking Vonda yeah. gets credited she above does. Portia Rossi and Lucy Liu. <laughs> yeah. I was like... She did a good deal with David E. Kelly. I was like, are you fucking off your head? Like, I uh, absolutely insane. The music is another character. Like, uh, but it was very nice to watch it because I was just like every title sequence of the nineties was exactly like yes, this yeah, on network TV like yes, stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just, but yeah, no, really, really enjoyed that. And also, just wanted to mention that this episode was directed by Arlene Sanford, right. um, who's an absolute veteran of TV. I was looking through her IMDb. She has directed, like, for so many huge shows. She directed, like, seven episodes of Ali McBeal. Yeah. But also did Friends, uh, West okay. Wing, Gilmore Girls, Malcolm in the Middle, Dawson's Creek, Weeds, Arrested Development, Boston <laughs> Legal. She also directed a film. Yeah. A very Brady sequel. Oh, well, what a, a, what what? a movie. A very Brady sequel. Do you not remember that? Do you not remember the Brady Bunch movie? Sequel to the Brady Bunch movie. No. Which is famously better than the yeah. actual film. I've not like seen. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. The Brady, Brady Bunch movie was like one of the many adaptations of an old like sixties TV show. No, like, I've heard of the, the Brady. They did it in the nineties, but that yeah. it was very much a satire. I think of the I just original. called it the Brady Brunch. <laughs> right. It was very. It was very much like a satire spoof of the original show. Okay. The actual film, and then they made a sequel called a Very Brady Sequel, which is one of those sequels that people go was better than the original. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. No, it's good fun. So there you go. Just want to give props to Arlene there. Well done, Arlene. Well done, Arlene. Well done, Arlene. Um, but yeah. So, um, after titles, we've got the weekly meeting in the conference room where Richard introduces all the cases. So he's saying, first, Shepley trial, John and Ali, and they're like all set. And Richard's like, any chance? And John starts stuttering and then like humming. Um, and Ali just goes, well, Renee's gunning for us. And Nell's like, how could she not win? And Ali's like, he's innocent, Nell. 
And Nell says the guy chops off her arm and Ali's like, after she was dead, it was an act of love. He wanted to keep a little piece of her. Why is that so hard for everybody to understand? And there's just like blank looks. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Well, this is a classic case of scummy, unscrupulous lawyers because they're all talking about the fact that their client, the one they're defending, they all think he's fucking guilty apart yeah. from Ali going like, you know, yeah. and you're like, right, so you actually believe this guy murdered his wife. And yet you're going to take his money and defend him. You yeah. are scum. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, Richard uh, says moving on, he's talking about an in, uh, an in case that uh, they have, that Billy has around uh, wrongful termination. It's a new business case. Um, a client is claiming ageism on being term- terminated terminated so georgia and billy are going to handle it and richard says um how's your chemistry and billy's like fine richard thank you for caring (laughs) then elaine comes in and says that she announces to ali that she's made plans at a bar for her birthday and ali says oh and i suppose you've got a little musical number and elaine's like like, yeah, yeah, I mean? I'm like, not. Yeah. Like, of course. And then goes, is this the big three five? And there's this. Gift, there's it's three, amazing. There's this gift moment of Ali machine gunning Ling. Yes, yeah. And I've put an objection on what? that because I don't think you should use gun violence. That. For that, yeah, like, I, I don't you. think it's fine. I don't, I, Especially given the you current know what? Oh, yeah, and week, you know what? The week of Colin Biden. Yeah, no, but it's a very good point. But also, I don't think if Ali McBeal was made today, I don't think they'd have that in there. They wouldn't. I, 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 thought, I was actually shocked. I didn't know the context of when this came out in yeah. terms of all of the well, Columbine stuff. But when I watched this, I visibly... It was, it was it aired the day before. Well, I visibly, happened. like, blinked, because I was like... So I this is to blame that. for Columbine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this well, is what sparked them. Because <laughs> last episode, we had The Matrix came out, and obviously everyone, there was that whole thing about Columbine is uh, the fault of films like The Matrix. Yeah. Oh, suddenly a huge well, hit. The whole, that is bollocks, but I don't think it's good to use... It's just... It's just, uh, use, uh, using gun violence lightly, like it's a joke. Yes. Like there's no big consequence to using a gun like that. But there isn't in this case because it's a fantasy. I know, but it was... I don't know, it, I just no, felt I like know it what you mean. It, it felt today. It felt too... way too much. Yeah. It felt way too because much. Because it wasn't just a shotgun, it was like a machine gun. It was newsy, yeah, 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 it was newsy. And no, it I was, was just... I, I was and, shocked. Uh, yeah, and I, I remember watching it and being like, they wouldn't have done that today. They yeah. would not have done that And today. now what you've told me about Columbine, which I did not know when I first put my note yeah. for an objection, um, even more so, I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, Don't... see, it's, it's funny, right? I I think they would do it today. Like, no, in terms I of, I, I 100% think they would. And you still get, you get this all the time, fantasy sequences, cutaway fantasy sequences in shows like this. Six Feet Under used to do it all the time. Of you know, machine guns. No, 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 no. But there was, it, but there, <laughs> but there was moments where it fantasized where someone was killing someone else who because they said something pissed them off, yes. or something like that. And for me, I personally thought it was hilarious and literally uh, uh, hilarious because of the extreme nature of it, because of the fact that it was that thing she was, you know, deliberately uh, chiding over this kind of, oh, is it the big three, five? And for me, the funny thing of it is her massive overreaction in her head 
of that's how much it means to Ali that you know she, she would dare to call her fucking thirty five. I just like, think I, uh, like the use of the gun and the like just casual throwaway, just like I, I, I thought. Know. Yeah, I I was like shocked. But I, because I just don't think I don't I disagree. I it don't was think just such a today. violent yeah, it image. Was. That's what I like. Such, about it. No, but for such a for trivial such a comment, trivial and bit. I get that it's like exaggeration for comedic effects. I understand they were going for comedy. I just didn't. Th- I thought it would have been. I would have had less of a problem if it was like I don't know a bow and arrow to the head or like. Do you because know what I mean? the thing like, is, we've had but we've had scenes before. Where they do you remember in court yes, when a guy says guy. something yeah. and like you have Whipper with a gun, you have Ali yeah, with a gun, shot him. and yeah. they all shot him, and that felt less shocking because it was just a boom. Yeah, it was the like, machine gun. It was I the think. machine but that's, gun. But like, so, yeah, for me, it, it's the exaggeration that makes it funny. I it was one of my favourite moments of the episode. <laughs> Because of the fact that I love it when shows like this, which can sometimes be quite anodyne and quite kind of mainstream, pull off a moment which actually seems quite subversive and quite kind of transgressive, especially like at that time in terms I of I think what's it going is transgressive, with, but not in a good way. And I, yeah, and I found it less because of the fact that it was the insane escalation of her reaction. And it's a fantasy. At the end of the day, it's, it doesn't none of that stuff matters for me because it's a fantasy sequence. It's not real. It, within the context of the show, it's not real. No. So therefore, of course, you can laugh at it because nothing is actually happening. I I don't know. I just think I just think it crossed a line a little bit. It's not personally. going shoot people shocked. for saying. No, no, no. You're no but but I I think it's important that um, we uh, that creators do be considered about how they use stuff like that. I think it's important, and, but and I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with this in there. I, I don't I don't necessarily think there's something wrong with it. It just I know how it made me feel. It's... And my feeling was, ugh. So Ali <laughs> replies to Ling saying that Correxa said she'll be twenty nine. So, Nell... No, it would be twenty nine Ling. Ling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and Nell mentions that it's John's birthday this week too. And I thought it was really funny that we got absolutely no mention of this last year. <laughs> no one could possibly have a chance to focus on any birthday other than Ali's. Um but Elaine suggests doing a double celebration and John is like dead against it. He's like, we'll do no such thing. And he says, come on, Ali, we're late for trial. And they leave. Um, And then Richard um, asks if he can have a word with Ling. Um, It's important because it involves him. (laughs) I just wanted to say, have they established before in the show that John is significantly older than the rest of them? Because I swear before you've talked about almost like thinking that Rich and John are the same fucking no, age. This is, this is no, first, this is the um, first mention of his age. Mention of yeah. his age. Because yeah. I was like, thank God. They thought, I mean, it's still a stretch to believe that people are when they say, Yeah, I but know. I legit, but still, I was at least they've gone. He's a, a oh, bit yeah. older than yeah. the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Good way he was like, you know, I am approaching the big three five. And like, yeah, it just... What? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that they said he's older. Yes. So, yeah. so that's what happened. So Nell comes into John's office in like a. It's just in a bit of a playful mood because she's like, "Did I give something away?" And John's sort of packing his briefcase ready for court, and it's like, "Oh no no no!" It's like I'm breezy. Like it's not that <laughs> trials just make me nervous. That's all. And Nell's like, "No, they don't. Trials relax you." And John kind of looks. He's facing away from Nell, and he looks surprised that Nell 
knows this about him like almost like he's shocked that she's remembered something like that <laughs> about him it, yeah. um, and he turns around and he's like birthdays make me uncomfortable unlike Ali I am about to hit the big three five and I feel like I should be further along um <laughs> And um, this means that he was 33 when we first met him in season right, one. Yeah. And I'm just like, you say, it's absolutely laughable. He's the same age as our dad in real life. Really? Like, he was 35 in 1989. Oh like, that's, it's like, he's 10 years older than that. Isn't that funny? It's, I mean, he was older than he's meant to be here when he would have been in Ghostbusters 2. Yes. Vigo! <laughs> Vigo! Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. So then Nell says, well, John, to get further along, sometimes you have to go down that road not taken. And then she goes, I'm not talking about me. And John's like, I'm doing court. So then Ling has followed um, Richard into um, his office, his office um, because he's asked to speak to her. And he says... I hate to keep putting on pressure, but I think it's best if we sort of break up. Um, and Ling kind of narrows her eyes and growls. Um, the growl sound comes on and he says, I adore you, but for me, a relationship has to include, how do I put it? Sex. <laughs> and Ling's like, we have sex. And Richard's like, yeah, you give unbelievable hair and nobody licks a finger like, but I'm old fashioned, Ling. Whatever happens to good old fashioned premarital intercourse? <laughs> And Ling's, like, tired of this. She's like, how many times do you have to have this conversation? And Richard's like, physically, I can't take it. I feel like I might explode. I'd like you to be a part of it. And I was like, ew. I <laughs> made you um, laugh. And Ling's like, don't men just... And she kind of does this, this weird hand gesture. Slapping of her hand and she's like... Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she's trying to make the sound of, like, male masturbation. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, it was a good sound. I just... It was an odd movement. The yes. movement didn't track yeah. with what, yeah. what actually goes on. Exactly. Um, but Richard's like, um, it's not the same. And, and Ling's like, so you'd leave me over sex? And Richard's saying, yeah. Um, and Ling says, well, what if we were no longer a couple and I just walked in and here and asked if I could lick your finger? You'd say no. And Richard's like, well, I ha- I'd have to. And she kind of grabs his arm and his hand's in a fist. And he's like, no, Ling, see, I've got no finger. And she like forces a finger and I was like this is problematic because <laughs> if you think about I always like to think about their interactions um, well as this is a sexual act code. isn't it yeah. well it's code for um, and we'll see as we come on later as to what happens here but their finger thing is code for a blowjob yeah right it's yeah. because they can't actually show a physical blowjob well That's d- what they're within saying. the context of the story it's that they're not even meant to be doing anything like that you'll get the impression it's like not only have they not had sex but I don't think you get very much the impression to me that she hasn't given him a blowjob no, or anything like that. No. It's literally just sucking on his yeah, fingers like I think that's it. In the context of the reality of the show, I think you're correct. But I think in the context of the producers of this show, they've gone like, well, how can right, yeah. we write a funny storyline where we show them talking about what we would normally talk about in terms mm. of blowjobs mm. and... Um, oral sex on both sides yeah but we obviously can't show that on tv so how can we come up with another well, way yeah so so like, yeah, yeah yeah and so that's where they come up with the finger thing and that's how they come up with the, the other thing, thing. Yeah. yeah um so i think the finger thing i always just read it as code for blowjob like yeah. blowjob in the context although of the even the finger sucking is like insanely chaste 
in terms of it's not like she's it's not like yeah, yeah. gagging no but that's the thing she's not <laughs> you know, Cara running she, that, but that's what I mean she's not doing she's it not in such a way <laughs> but that's what I mean in terms of going if we talk about Coney she's not doing it in a really sexual they way she literally just has she's that. like a little lick like uh, done see you later no, like, but, but, but that but yeah there's only so far you can take that that yeah you well, yeah, of course. for it yeah yeah but she tries she basically like gives him a finger blow job <laughs> and then he falls to the ground like whimpering his pants, okay, whimpering his and her hair falls over it's like he falls down his, his hair her hair's over his face because she's sort of standing over him and she's like it must be hard being human I wouldn't know because I've never tried it and she kind of pushes his face away with her hand whilst Richard tries to crawl after her yeah. and just collapses breathlessly because it's too much yeah I didn't I, I really didn't like that line like must be hard being human I've never tried it in terms of it's just adding to this weird like dehumanization of Lucy Liu's character well yeah like uh, yeah like she is just this special creature person yeah Yeah. well that is it she's she definitely treated as a creature in the show rather than an actual real life human being yeah yeah completely so then we're with Georgia and Billy Billy's walking through the office and Georgia comes up and it's like, why have you got me on this case? Um, and Billy's like, I could use the backup. It's new business. That means we'd get credit if we were ever up for partner. And he was like, I'm also looking to reconnect with you in any way that I can. I admit it. And then a man comes up and says, excuse me, Mr. Thomas, I'm Ross Feynman. And I don't know if you look this up. I know this is the closest you're ever going to get to getting Paul Wilson <laughs> on the show. This guy is played by Paul Wilson with double L. Hey. AKA the answer in our Britpod scene. Oh, yeah. Pod versus pod. Yeah. Which yeah. Paul did know. Yeah, yeah. But he was also, uh, you may also recognise him from um, other, he's been in loads of stuff. Office Space. Office Space is yeah. the one that I know him from but okay. yeah Ross has a rather Horrendous. elaborate <laughs> comb over it's it's kind of like for anyone who can't see or watch the show or, or just listen to us without watching the show um, it's kind of a bit like Trump but more swirly it's like, back, an, like it's like an ice, ice cream, cream swirl yeah, like yeah, Danish yeah. twist or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the back of his head it's really something it's elaborate <laughs> um, and, and Billy and Georgia are clearly trying not to react to the hair um, and they say hello and they're who, how do you do Georgia can't look him in the eye um, and Billy ushers him over to the conference room um, and he says it's right over here and then he says God. here and they they go um, just makes Billy look so fucking lame. It's, a, it's such a Billy little, is so fucking lame. It, it is just such a loser faux pas, isn't it? He's like, I mean, all this bullshit is not funny. Into like, oh, hilarious. They do that a lot, like, don't yeah, they? Like yeah. Freudian slips yeah. and yeah. Bill, yeah. Um, so then John, Ali and their client, Albert Shepley, are in a like ante room at the courthouse um, and Albert is pacing up and down and you will recognise Albert, because mm. he's um, Tony Shalhoub, who played uh, Monk, very famously. Um, Monk. He was, it was a TV detective show, show where he had... Is that American? He, he had OCD. Yeah, but it was showed over here. Did he have OCD? Yeah, was yeah. That it? yeah. Um, he also was one of the stars of Galaxy Quest. Yes. Uh, which we've actually covered on Spotlight. Ah, so there you go, which is a Star Trek spoof film. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so he yeah. was also Jeebs in Men in Black. Okay. Um, and I know him most recently as Abe Weissman from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a great show. Okay. So yeah. So he's 
a great actor, but Albert, the character, <laughs> is, I'm nervous, I'm very nervous, um, and John says, it's very common, homicide defendants often get anxious on the day of trial, and I was like, but he doesn't say it as though it's a joke, I'm like, saying the fucking obvious, like, how's that meant to calm I don't down? know, I wonder whether he's, it's his attempt at being deadpan, like, uh... Maybe, um, but he's kind of lamenting, being like, how can they think I killed her, she was the love of my life, um, and John's like, playing the devil's advocate, you took a power sword to her. And he's like, after she died. So clearly this client is uh, backing up what Ali was saying about him. So, yes. you know, he believes that he's innocent. Um, and John's like, you know, you just need to stay calm. We've got a good defence. Um, and he starts stuttering and he ends on Black and Decker. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the courtroom, a policeman is on the stand being questioned by Renee. And we see that Whipper is the judge in this mm-hmm. trial as well. Um, so it turns out the police pulled Albert over for going through a stop sign um, and he was speeding. Um, and when they walked up to the car, he was acting suspiciously. Um, and that's where John objects because he says, this man has no foundation to render psychological opinions. And Renee goes, it's a lay opinion. And Whipper's like, overruled. Um, and John goes, that disappoints me, Your Honour. I'd always considered you special. <laughs> and Whipper's like, thank you. Let's just move on. Yeah. Um, so then the policemen are like, we looked into the back of the car, I saw some blood and a blanket. And when I lifted up the blanket, I saw a hand, um, a human hand, female, recently severed, blood was fresh. So we arrested him and requested a warrant to search the house. And when they searched the house, they found a body of a woman later identified to be his wife. And then we arrested him for murder. And John gets up and goes, now that was just silly, wasn't it? Say it with me. And Renee's like, objection. Which was like, Mr. Cage sits down. And Renee's got nothing further. as she goes to sit down and then John gets up and approaches the witness stand and he's got his squeaky shoes on. Yeah. And Renee, having just sat down, immediately gets back up to yes. object. And she's like, Your Honour, he does this. And I'm like, whipper nose. Yeah. Like, yeah. He does this. He's wearing squeaky shoes on purpose. He's trying to trivialise this so we don't take it seriously. And this is what he does. And John's like, move to strike that. My shoes aren't squeaking. And he walks around in a circle. And they stop And they're like, silence. You can hear yeah. a pin drop. Um, and Renee's like, it's a trick. And we're just like, look, can we just get on with this? Like, I mean, this is off. John at his most Ali McSqueal. Yeah. Like, which is the Adam and Joe show parody yes. of Ali McBeal. Bloody love Which that, is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, where John, the biscuit, is rep- played by a jammy dodger. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a suit. And there is a bit when he gets up and the judge says... All right, but don't pull in your smart Alec lawyer tricks, you bugger! Like, he's going off, and then he's just like, "Oh no, sir, I would never!" And then farts. <laughs> like, like, but that is literally yeah. exactly what he does. Yeah. Uh, so John <laughs> then starts questioning and asks him, uh, "Did uh, your my tummy is rumbling?" Now. <laughs> He says, Stop pulling your smart Alec Lloyd tricks. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he says, uh, did my client tell you where he was going? And the cop's like, he said he was going to his brother's house, that his wife had just died and he cut off her hand and he was taking the hand there for safekeeping and that the body was at his house. And John's like, where in fact it was, as you testified, correct? And the cop's like, yeah. 
And the John's like, yeah, see, my problem here, officer, is that you're a chief prosecutorial witness and you kind of shaped the facts to make them a little more damaging, didn't you? And the cop's like, no, I told the truth. And he's like, well, now let's see here. You said you saw a hand, got a warrant, you searched the house, you found a body, all of which technically may be true. But what is more true here is that he volunteered that there was a death and a body and told you exactly where it was, right? Um, and the cop's like, yes. And he says, but why didn't you just say that? Why did you give the jury the impression that you uncovered something when in fact he gave it to you? When a chief prosecutorial witness bends and moulds the facts to paint a more incriminating, not to mention distorted version of the truth, and Renee gets up and objects. Um, and he says, meanwhile, the district attorney objects to the more accurate version. And Renee's like, objection. And John's like, we have to wonder about the message here. And Renee's like, your honor. And judge is like, counsel. And John's like, well, I apologize, your honor, but I think we all have to be puzzled, don't we, as to why they try an innocent man. <laughs> Renee's like, objection. And John's like, again, protesting truth. And Renee's like, move to strike. And Whipper's like, Mr. Cage. And John continues his questioning and says, could my client have been disoriented, flustered, even discombobulated when you pulled him over? And the cop's like, perhaps. And John's like, erratic, upset, grief-stricken. And the cop's like, yeah. And John's like, there's so many adjectives that you could use, and yet the only one you threw out was suspicious. Anybody tell you to use that word? And Renee's like, objection. And John's like, my shoes again. And Renee's like, hey. And John's like, that's all I have. And then he walks back to his bench and his shoes squeak again. <laughs> but he stops like in the middle of walking back and Renee's like staring at him and he taps his finger like on his mouth and then he continues the rest of the way with no squeaks. Yeah. And Whipper's eyes are narrowing like, hmm. And they sit and then we hear a stomach growl and Renee looks down at her tummy. He's thrown her. Yeah, thrown a, a, thrown a stomach growl. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it's funny. Tricks. You were saying earlier on about how you had a problem with the fantasy machine gun sequence. Yeah. Right? I had a more of a problem with this. <laughs> um, where tummy uh, growl. Uh, well, a uh, tummy growl, obviously he's got kind of like gas or whatever. Yeah. And it just seemed to be like this is treating a murder trial with an oh, uncomfortable yeah. degree yeah. of levity. Yeah. In terms yeah. of, I mean, I was like, how many years is this after OJ? Like, oh, they make jokes about OJ where, you know, all the time. In terms yeah. of, you know, this is a trial where, yes, I know we're presumably meant to believe that he is potentially innocent, but he's about a man murdering his wife, yes. potentially. A woman's dead. And, yeah. you know, and I just felt like you shouldn't be treating this in the same jokey, mm. flimsy way as you do your kind of other lawsuits, which are often kind of, although... It's, you know, again, you could argue that those are treated with an uncomfortable degree of levity in terms of where they're dealing they with issues the law like with, an se yeah. with, with sexual harassment. <laughs> but I would argue that often those cases are deliberately, like the things that they're set up odd. about are yeah. odd and weird and funny. Kind yes. of, whereas this is just generally a bit freaky yeah. in terms of like, yeah. you know. Yeah. They do, there, like, do, that is a flavour of Ali McBeal case, isn't it? There's like yes. the oddballs, there's the... But there's the freaky yeah. ones, like the it's freaks, like, the freaks of like, nature. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, are they, are they all right? Are they just a freak or are they a psychopath? Do you know, yeah. I think that's yeah. something a serial killer would do, like cut yeah, off a trophy, yeah, yeah, like yeah. to have. Yeah, like, serial yeah, killer, a, yeah. Well, you know, or any kind of killer, like, yo, know, could do to, like, uh, cut off a bit of the person as, like, a weird trophy or something. Like. Yeah. I just thought it was all a bit 
part. I was like, should you be being this jokey about this? Going, Ali like, McSquill. Yeah, it is Ali McSquill, true. <laughs> and, and he me. is the biscuit. Yeah. He, he is a jammy dodger. <laughs> he does. I feel like since the tone of the show's been like that from the off, it doesn't seem strange to me. No. Noticeable enough for me to be like, objection or whatever. Like. See, the thing for me is the difference is I would say this is not a show that predominantly deals with things as serious as murder trials. Yeah. In yeah. terms of the most of the cases they're dealing with are reasonably small scale. Yeah. Like, whereas actually, so I just kind of think, look, for instance, when they did the practice crossover. Yeah it felt like things, the drama was dialed up slightly to be yeah. like, oh, okay, this is slightly more serious yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Whether they achieved that or not is another question. <laughs> but, you know, the idea was we're kind of done this up, whereas this just seems to be, oh, it's just like anything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so then Renee is questioning a doctor on the witness stand, um, asking if he can kind of testify as to how the victim died. Um, the doctor says the cause of death was cardiac arrest. And Renee establishes from him whether the death could have been triggered by her arm being cut off. Um, and he says that, well, we concluded that the trauma of the arm being severed had to be the cause of the coronary. Plus the bleeding indicated that the arm was severed while she was still alive. But then Ali crosses the doctor and says, but you can't actually conclude that positively. And you can't rule out that the cardiac arrest could have come first. And the doctor admits that they can't and it's basically on a basis of more likely as opposed to definitively. Yeah. Um, so you can't rule out the fact that it might have been cut off after. And he was like, no. So then John is questioning an older lady. I didn't recognise her, but I looked it up. And apparently this is a lady called Dr. Joyce Brothers. I don't know if that's a relation to Matt. Um, but she's playing herself, although we don't get her name mentioned in the episode. That's how she's credited. Oh. Um, and that's presumably because most Americans will know who she is. Because oh. she was one of the early TV celebrity doctors in the late 50s. Like, she was a psychologist, oh. so she did, like, advice. Right. Um, and she wrote a newspaper advice column from 1960 through to her death in 2013. So she's dead. Wow. Now. And she wrote a column for Good Housekeeping magazine for 40 years. So she's very Whoa. prolific. And, like, people like Dr. Phil credit her as, like, their inspiration and, like, why they got into yeah. TV doctoring, I suppose. <laughs> um, but that's that's why I think we don't get any mention of her name because most oh, Americans would be, Would like, have known who she was. And because she's talking about the psychological state, yeah, they would have been yeah. like, okay, they've got this oh, famous... Okay, that's really interesting. It's a bizarre yeah. crossover into it's, reality. It's such a small scene. Yeah. It feels like a really odd choice cameo yeah. Yeah. to have. But anyway, it, it is, is what it is. is. Especially <laughs> as it only heightens the reality of the situation yeah. to make the whole thing of them treating it like it's a big joke even weirder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is no, strange. Um, so John gets his opportunity to question her first and says, um, you found him to be a gentleman. And um, <laughs> Joyce, uh, Joyce says... Well, even so, the loss of a loved one can trigger psychotic behaviour, even in gentle people. And John's like, but to cut off her hand? And um, Joyce says, well, it was the biggest shock of his life. It was as if a part of him had died. But then Renee crosses and says, are you trying to say that this is all normal? Um, And Joyce says, of course not. I'm just giving you an explanation of how it can happen. And Renee says, and if he chopped it off before she died, that would be different, right? And Joyce is like, that would be different, <laughs> yes. Um, and then Renee turns to kind of 
stop, like she's no more questions. But then she turns back and just goes, would you date this man, Doctor? And John and Ali are both objecting. Yeah. And Martha says sustained. And Renee's like, that's all I have. So that was it for Joyce Brothers. Thank you, Joyce. Thanks for coming. I, this was a little <laughs> game of woman-upmanship between yeah. Renee and John, the wasn't it? Because yeah. at first... John was very much getting the upper hand. I didn't actually like that Renee was getting super flustered over John because I kind of thought, you know his tricks. Like, why are you getting like, you know? his tricks. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing. It was, it seemed as if the way it played it was very much because when he does that thing where then he makes the shoes not make the sound, it seemed as if Whipper was like, oh, okay, it's not making the sound. You're fucking crazy, Renee. Like, I, well, yeah. I, uh, I know what you mean. And also, I, I especially in regards to how um, Renee is played in terms of being like, oh, it's a, it's a trick. It's almost like a, a, a child. Well, no, uh, it's, it, she comes across like a child in school, like telling on someone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and being like, no, no, it's true, really, believe me, teacher, yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, Which it is, is annoying, because it's just like, I, uh, I'd i like to, I'd prefer it if Renee was played with more kind of... Professionalism. Pro- well, just cool, just kind yeah. of yeah. like... She, she I just, know just not being, yeah. like, bothered by it, because it's not a trick. with it, yeah. Like, that, that mm. part of it... Yes, is part of it is he's trying to trivialise it, but also he is trying to bother you yeah. and trying to get under your skin. And, and get you to focus on that rather than actually the stuff the that, of the the trial. he's scoring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like you are falling for yeah. it, like, almost. Yeah, it may seem... It made Renee come across as weak, like, in terms of considering the opening scene of the episode promised this like big showdown because she was like hey if he pulls any of his tricks yeah look, i'm gonna destroy him going yeah. like, and i was like oh yeah this is gonna be great and then it was kind of oh but she's prepared for she knows the yeah, whole like, point you like, you are like just doing exactly what you want to so i was glad that she got a bit of the upper hand in the yeah. next yeah, scene yeah, straight yeah, after yeah so Billy, Richard and Georgia are doing a walk and talk through the complex and Richard is using one of those um, microcomputer organiser things that were like I super know, popular. I remember. Dad had one of those. Well, Dad got me one when I was like 14 and I think I asked for it because I'd seen his but I've no idea what kind of business meetings I thought I'd be going to. <laughs> I, had, I had a um, purple and pink um, dear diary, electronic diary. Oh, I forgot about those. They were like the teen version. Yeah, of they were. They were, and they were more kind of like dear diary rather than. That's what you should have had. <laughs> no, I was like, I want to be a business person. It's <laughs> like I've got the boardroom. <laughs> I, can rem- I can remember very vividly having it. But I had nothing, nothing to put, put on. in it. You're like school, school. <laughs> <laughs> homework. <laughs> Top 40. No, I didn't need to... Tape, tape top 40 Sunday. But the worst thing is I didn't even take it to school where it might have been semi-useful because I don't think... I think I was worried about losing it or... You were worried the big girls would or the, Yeah, or that everyone would be like, nerd, even more than they were at the time. Anyway, like... But then I was like... And then I was thinking about it and I was like, maybe this is why I was bullied. I was asking for things like micro organisers. I was 14. Oh, no. So a funny. Knob. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, be kind to yourself. 
Yeah, I know. Well, anyway. Hey, um, look, it works for Richard. He's the head of a law firm. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think that was what I was thinking. I was like, if I'm going to be like Annie McBeal, I'm going to need one of those things. <laughs> oh, those babies. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Georgia is protesting about having to do the case with the comb-over because she's got a thing about them. Um, and Richard's going, just don't look at him and just sit next to him rather than across from him. Um, but then Billy shushes him as because the elevator is, like, arrived can i just say like the, uh, georgia being like i have a thing about comb overs it's very similar to the whole mm. we have a thing about sweat, sweat. in the last Our episode yeah. it's just like oh i remember the sweaty guy get over yourself i know be fucking professional yeah, i, I have like, exactly i have exactly the same note yeah. I've, I've written billy and georgia idiots <laughs> be professional <laughs> exclamation mark I mean, there are <laughs> that's exactly right I'm not saying you can't object to clients that you have a ethical like difference with. with. I think you should be allowed to be like, I can't work for that client because they are for a business that I ethically, morally don't uh, like. Maybe I don't know. So, for example, in my line of work, we could work with um, I don't know pharmaceutical companies that are kind of morally ambiguous, and we don't, or like I don't know tobacco companies is a company we definitely would never work with yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're morally opposed to what they do yeah i think you should have the right or it's ideal to work for a company where you've got the right to mm. say i can't so yes. you can take that client if you want but i do not want to be on that case yeah um but for this reason no yeah, yeah. comb over does not fall nah. into the yeah. ethical grounds your of personal objection. distaste does like no. for how someone looks like is got Fuck all to do your just job. just acting like fucking children. Yeah. Terms of, oh, exactly. Just like, you're fucking lawyers. Just getting on... Like, how can this be a big thing? Yeah. yeah. Fucking get in there and do your job. Well, anyway, two men have come out of the elevator and uh, they're uh, part of this kind of case. And um, Billy's like, yeah, we're all set up, going to the conference room and they go through. Um, and Billy goes to follow them, but Georgia pulls him back like, Billy! And Billy's like, Rich is right, sit next to him, keep your eyes across the table. And she kind of follows him reluctantly. And then Ling comes up to Richard, who's kind of tapping away on his organiser, and it's going, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> and Ling comes behind him um, and says in his ear, sex. And the bleeping goes really fast, <laughs> like it's a <laughs> button. Um, and he turns around, and Ling kind of tilts her head again and goes, sex, and walks off. And Richard's like, it's like, oh my god. Well, because they had that episode a few yeah. episodes ago. I don't know if you've seen Ling this. was like Liam. But Ling said that even the way she says sex like turns people on. She's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the this is the problem with stuff like this, is obviously everything has to be so horrendously tame. Yeah. That it's just kinda of like no one would get well, turned it's like, on by this. Because like, they're uh, constantly saying make love, like someone actually saying the word sex is like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. a real thing on network yes. TV in the nineties when everybody would say make love. And it always seems so it unnatural. Always, it always makes me go, mm. there's this I remember really moving watching an episode NYPD Blue where two of the women are having a conversation about like, oh, I think we might make love for the first time tonight. And I'm just like, no one says this. What are you talking about? Like, it's so um, weird. So, Ross Feynman is sat between Billy and Georgia on one side of the conference room with his ridiculous hair. Um, and he's saying that, um, he's testifying that, you know, his performance basically has always been fine. Yeah. Um, and um, it, any kind of 
issue with it has been because the life insurance packages are becoming tougher to sell and um, because consumers are getting more savvy as to cost some money and he's like you know that Joseph who's clearly his boss and Joseph's like I don't know it Ross and you know and Ross is like this is unfair and you should be ashamed and they kind of start arguing between each other mm. the lawyers break it up and Ross says this is ageism and he knows it um, and Joseph is like, stop telling me what I know. And is it just me or does Joseph come across as like a spoiled brat? Because he's like, <laughs> I don't know this. Stop telling me. <laughs> well, he like, comes across as the kind of guy who would run a fucking sales oh, office. Yeah. Like, uh, right. um, but yeah, so then the opposing counsel, so Joseph's lawyer, is like, um, did my client ever talk to you about his concerns for your credibility? Um, and Ross is deflecting, being like, they're unfounded. Um, and he's like, but did you ever raise it with you? And he's like, yes. And specifically, what was it? My hair. What about it? Um, and Billy's trying not to laugh because he's got his, he's covered his <laughs> mouth. Um, and Ross is like, I don't know, something, he doesn't like my hair. So what? It's not a reason to fire someone. And <laughs> the opposing counsel takes his glasses off and leans forward and is like, did he ever tell you that what is on top of your head is a lie and then when people look at you they see a deliberate intent to conceal and Ross is like this is my own hair <laughs> I mean I've got to say I thought this entire thing was so ridiculous it's terrible it's, uh, well, no, but, I mean not even in that it's horrible but just I just thought it was stupid in terms of they going oh yeah when people see you they see a fraud and stuff like that because you're presumably the, the thing they're trying to say is that he's trying to fool people into With thinking he has a full over. head of hair. Yeah. And I'm like, right, Nobody but he, he's not fooling anyone. And when he he repeatedly keeps going, it's my real hair. And people are looking at him as if it's not. And I'm like, well, no, it is. In terms of all the hair is his. He hasn't had implants or anything like that. What he's chosen to do is the comb over to try the and... swirl over. And now, it, it, it looks... <laughs> it is a swirl over, it, yeah. looks, it might look rubbish, but I'm just kind of like, but it's not fraud in terms of no one's gonna believe that that's actually I'm how his stupid. hair is he's uh, just gone it's a, a comb over there's a name for it because it's a thing that men do for some bizarre reason rather than shaving their heads covering which would look far far better if you're yeah. starting to lose your hair at that same. but it's like if you want to do it no one's going hmm don't think this insurance policy him. is gonna be worth yeah, much being there he's a fucking fraud look at yeah, that exactly the opposing counsel reaches into his jacket pocket for a comb and offers it to yeah. Ross. And Billy's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I know this is a sensitive matter, but I would like a viewing. And Billy's like, that's not going to happen. And I was like, damn, Skippy, it's not going to happen. And the opposing counsel's like, I need to see. And Billy's like, this is a deposition, not a chance to ridicule. And the opposing counsel's like, listen, we don't mean to be insensitive. And then he realises the stenographer's still typing. He's like, you can stop. And he says, but a comb over by its very nature is a fraud. And Ross is like, this is my real hair. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And Poor Billy man. just is like, we're stopping this now. And then the opposing counsel's like, then we'll just get a court order. And I was just like, why? What like, what fuck? purpose does yeah. this actually serve? Nothing. It doesn't. But Billy's like, well, you're going to have to because we're not turning this proceeding into show and tell. And I was like, he's changed his tune since the breast implant. That, that was my note, exactly. I was just like, it's amazing that when the matter of hand is, is breast implants, Billy is all for a demonstration, but he clearly draws the line at coma. That's me. He's like, we're having no show and tell in here, but if it's a lovely big pair of titties, that's absolutely fine. Like, like... Get him out. Well, George is about to lose it because she's like... 
can't she hold it in any longer. Yeah. So she's like, excuse me for a second. She like leaves and all the men are like, hmm? like, why is she running? Yeah. But yeah, she obviously needs to go away and laugh. Um, so Ali, John and Albert are in the anteroom at the courthouse again. Um, and they, Ali reports that they're offering manslaughter. Um, but Albert's like, I didn't kill her. And John's like, well, what you need to consider, even assuming you didn't cause her death, um, for you to sever her limb, the jury will likely consider you to be, well, I'm searching for the word. And Ali goes, nuts. And John's like, thank you. There's bound to be at least a few jurors who think you need to be locked up no matter what. And Albert says, well, if I accept manslaughter, then to the world, my wife becomes a woman who was killed by her husband. I won't do that to her memory. And John says, well, if you're concerned about public opinion, maybe you should have reconsidered taking that little memento after she died. And then Ali shoots John like a warning look. Um, and Albert says, have you ever been in love? Deeply in love? And Ali's like, I don't think that explains chopping off body parts. And Albert's like, look, I don't expect anyone to understand this, but I did not kill Julia. Anybody who knows me knows this. I wish there was something I could say. I tell you, the truth is, in my whole life, this is the first thing I've ever done that people even ask me about. I'm not an interesting person. And John says, well, we will definitely be asking about it when you take the stand. And if you don't explain why you did what you did, your love life could improve, but it won't be what you had in mind. <laughs> and he's like, Sean, I'm just like, okay, guys, like prison rape jokes. I know. Need to die a death. I hate like, that. Not okay. Uh, but John says we're in trouble and it'll be up to you to persuade the jury because I assure you, assure you I can't. And I'm like, that's your job, John. <laughs> I know. Isn't that's that what I know. I'm like, yeah. I'm an alpha. I'd be like, so I'm getting another lawyer. Like, Maybe I'd like a refund. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just like, what the? Yeah, that's your job, John. So figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. During this scene, there's a bit where he says this is like the first thing that people have yeah, ever asked me about. Yeah. And I found that really suspect thing to say. Yeah, I'm a quiet neighbour that uh, never yeah, th- th- that yeah. sounded like something a serial killer would or say. a murderer would say <laughs> yeah. in terms of, because quite often it's a, we're just watching Mindhunter at the moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. And obviously that is all about a lot of the serial killers having huge egos where they yeah. kind of want to be recognised for what they've done. Yeah. Like that. And that struck me as something like going like, what's that got to do with it? That seems like a weird thing to say to me in terms of like, oh, it's so boring before I cut my wife's arm off. Like, yeah, uh, it just, this is my yeah, legacy. People will really know weird. me. It yeah. made me suspect him more. Okay. Well, new scene. Elaine is in the bar with the Iquettes rehearsing um, <laughs> yeah. My Pledge of Love, which is a song by the Joe Jeffrey group, um, ready for Ali's birthday. So... Richard walks in and kind of witnesses the end of this uh, run through. Um, and the Iquettes have been singing with her. And then Elaine's like, okay, now me. And she sings one of the lines. <laughs> yeah. And the Iquettes do like a, a backing like yeah. bit. And she's like, no, 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 only me girls. This is my part. And she goes to sing and they keep doing their backup. Yeah. And then she ends up walking over and grabbing their communal mic off them <laughs> to finish the song. And then at the end, she's like, you guys need to work on your part. <laughs> And she comes off stage and she just pulls Richard's drink away from his mouth um, and takes a sip. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm practicing for Ali's birthday. You know how she hates attention. So I'm doing what I can to make it all about me. (laughs) And Richard's like, you're a friend. Um, And Elaine asks if he had a song. And he's like, no, I'm just taking a break. Um, And Elaine's like, what's wrong? And I like these little scenes between Richard and Elaine when they're like, 
um, being confidants to each other because yeah. it's quite sweet, although sometimes it strays into the problematic. Well, does she <laughs> always offer to fuck him whenever yes. chat because <laughs> I swear much. on the last episode Same was on, yeah. he, she offered that. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a, I don't, yeah. It's an ongoing it's thing. It's a strange thing. <laughs> that aside, otherwise I like it. Um, but anyway, she asks him what's wrong and he says, do you think I'm being used by Ling? And she's like, still haven't had sex? And Richard's like, it seems unnatural. And then he's like, not every girl likes to just climb into bed, Richard. And Richard's like, you do. She's like, well, that's me. Goes to who I am. 1-800-Elaine. I'd sleep with you if you want. And I was like, oh, Elaine. Uh. Um, and Richard's like, well, I appreciate that. But I... And Elaine's like, do you completely define a relationship by sex? And he's like, well, not completely... Yes. <laughs> She's like, have you talked to her? And he's like, I dumped her and things haven't really changed. What does that tell you? And then he's like, would you like me to talk to her? And then Richard goes to answer, but he doesn't as the scene ends. See, I'm just like, considering Elaine's relationship with Ling, I'm not sure what to make of this. I'm like, I just don't think this is a good idea that you be approaching Ling no. about her lack of sex life with, yeah. with Richard. Like... Well, it seems really odd thing, and it seems a really odd thing for her to even offer to do. I just think she likes being in the middle of things, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and she being, does. but being helpful, not in the alley way where she's like, "I'm going to insert myself and like reorganize things the way I want them, or the way I think they." should Whereas be, yeah. Elaine likes to get in the middle of things, but in a genuinely "Can I help? Can I help?" sort of way, um, but also no all of the gossip. Yeah, and like, oh, I'm part of the story. Part of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, back at the courthouse, Albert's on the stand now. Um, John's questioning him, and Albert's explaining that the reason he's so into her hand is because they always used to hold hands together. <laughs> used to do. It, not many people have heard of this, but... But we used to, like, put her hands hand together. Is very special and to then me, because... hold our palms around we, each other's hands. We would, we would hold hands. So, I know that's unusual... But it's just what we used to do. We invented it. Like, no one had ever held hands until we did it. Um, you this might is, want to try it yourself. This is set in the yesterday universe where the Beatles songs never existed. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. Oh so he's God. like, yeah, we used to hold hands, like, on a walk, watching movies, watching TV. I always hold her hand, blah, blah, blah. And John's like, yeah, but during these times, she was always attached to <laughs> Um... Love it. But he's like, basically, when she died, I didn't want to let go. I couldn't let go of the idea of not holding her hand anymore. Um, and I wanted to be reminded of her. From my cold, dead hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to continue loving her every day. And John's like, couldn't you have just taken one of her sweaters? <laughs> and Albert says, I know how morbid it sounds. And John says, well, where were you going when the police stopped you? And it turns out his brother's a mortician and he was driving the hand to the house, I presume, to Handy. Better, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but John's like, Mr. Shepley, you cut off your wife's hand. And he says, I know, but she was already dead and I couldn't let go. And there's all this sad music and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Everyone's moved. Yeah. Um, so then Annie and John are discussing the case in the ante room and how they're doing. Um, John's saying he's not sure at the moment how they're doing, um, but he's sure Renee's cross is going to be vigorous. So if he holds up well, they might have a chance. Ali asks if she thinks, if he thinks that she, he's innocent, and John says he does, but he seems sad about it. Um, and he said, well, I was thinking about what he said when he asked if we've ever been in love. I haven't, Ali. And Ali's like, of course you have. And John's like, ugh, college, law school, if that counts. And I was like, 
Yes. <laughs> well, I was like, law school? How old are you when you go to law school? <laughs> like, like, yeah. You go after college. So literally, well, I, mean, I guess, I suppose if you went straight there, maybe be like 20 or something like that. Well, I don't know how long law degrees are in the US. Yeah. High school lasts to your 18 in the US. Then you do college, which is like two years in the US. And then afterwards law school, law school. Yeah. so presumably you'd be in your 20s like already is so yeah. just kind of like but I think it can any totally feelings counts. of love count yeah. like you it's like that thing where people are like well how do you know if you're gay if you've never been with someone it's like you know your feelings yeah. from a very young age but John does you're... this like remember when now was like the last time I was really lonely it was when I was 13 and he was like oh that doesn't count I'm like, like... those are the most <laughs> formative years and experiences and stay with you well into your own Hey, yeah. Wasn't he in love with that other woman? There was a, another woman who turned yeah, up. Yeah, like Melanie. Melanie. At law school. Yeah. Yes. Renee's reality check. Give me a break. What Laura Jane means to say here is Haley. John was in love with a woman named Haley, not Melanie. Back to the show. He's yeah. dismissing all of that because I don't know why. Why we would, would dismiss all the facts? Yeah. But anyway, he says. My adult life, I've never been in love, Ali. At least not with anybody who knew about it. And Ali was like, well, I have. And look where it's got me. <laughs> um, and John said, John admits that Nell thinks that he might be in love with Ali. And Ali's like, me? And John's like, she threw it out. It was, it was ridiculous. I'm going to be 35. God. And Ali's like, well, that's young for a man. And I was like, and a woman? Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, John, in the middle of this existential crisis, suddenly leans forward and gives Ali a kiss. Like, and it's a really soft, very sweet kiss. And but it Ali... is a snog. It's not like a peck. It's not it, a peck. It's oh, a no, snog. no, no, no. It's like a proper... I mean, when I say kiss, I mean a proper... I don't know. What do people... What's the distinguishing... <laughs> What's the lingo for kiss? <laughs> <laughs> What's the hip lingo nowadays? They Mac Daddy. Um... <laughs> It's not like a passionate one. It's just a very like nice kiss. Mm. Is it sweet? I don't. I don't I'd be pleased sweet. to have it. No. Would you? It, it's, yeah. It's sexual assault. A lot. Of, oh, okay. I mean, I, when I watched it, I went. I mean, we'll get to what happens later. Because he goes, he ki- he suddenly kisses her and goes, "I apologise." No, actually, I don't. Well, this and was that, my. And problem. I'm just like, a, you don't just randomly kiss someone, a colleague, at work. Like that is that is sexual assault or oh, sexual harassment. Because I, I actually re- <laughs> rewound it and watched it again because I was like, was there any build up? Yeah, there wasn't. So I rewound it and watched it again to watch what her face was doing right. before that happened. I was like, is there any look? I was like, no, she's talking about something completely unrelated. And then suddenly he just kissed her out of the blue. And that's Imagine pro- your boss. Just suddenly kisses you. He, he, like, he's, yeah, you're in the workplace, you're with someone you employ, and you did not stop to find out if if she even wanted to kiss you. The only reason I guess I found it less problematic is because they have discussed, they have kissed before, they have They have, they have, like, a romantic history in a way. I mean, not much. Not but much. I guess that it was like... And and that had been put to bed. 
but this, I guess this it's not has like come out of the blue. But for Ali. it's not like they've never kissed. It's not like that's but not. Also, been I would argue, discussed. does that mean every single person you have a romantic history with that now gives you license throughout no, their life to turn no, up no, and no, be like, "All no, right, no. just uh, give me yeah. one of these because no, we've got right. a romantic history." But I guess that's uh, yeah, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> it, it, it seems like the kind of thing, like when I watched it, I was like, now you're talking about things that wouldn't happen now. No. Like this, especially as it's a kind of workplace thing going yeah. on. I was just like, mm, now I think if this happened, people would be shouting me too. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so... Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, d- I, d- I think, uh, at best, it's sexual harassment. And I would have had less of an issue with it. if Because he goes... I apologise. And at first I was like, okay, you know, John is this kind of weird car neurotic guy. And you, maybe he's saying like he hasn't realised what he's done. He's gone, oh God, I apologise kind of thing. But then he, goes, no. he just goes, no, nah, don't actually. I take my <laughs> he's apology like, back. No, forget that apology, bitch. I'll do what I want. Like, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was okay. really problematic. Okay, I stand corrected. Super problematic. Thank you for your help. You're um, welcome. So, <laughs> Billy and the um, uh, post- Joseph's lawyer, basically, have come to Judge Walsh with Ross. Um, and Joseph and Georgia. And Judge Walsh does not look amused, but I am pleased that we have got an all-star judge lineup today. So we've got yeah. Judge Walsh and Whitmer. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Walsh is like, you've got to be kidding me. I know. I mean, Judge I Walsh him. cutting through the bullshit. And I, I just know. want to say, I don't know if you, I can't remember you ever mentioning this before on the podcast, oh, no. but Judge Walsh is played by Albert Hall. Yes, yes we, who have. we have. I've got, but have you mentioned his most famous role? Possibly. Well, recently I went to see um, the new final cut of Apocalypse Now, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, masterpiece. Um, He plays a major role in that. Uh, He plays Chief Phillips, who's the guy who drives the boat in Apocalypse Now, which is obviously... Never seen it. Well... To, to a lot, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have being that it's considered one of the greatest films ever made, uh, a masterpiece of cinema. Okay. But he is plays a pivotal role in that film, and I was but obviously looks a hell of a lot younger. because yes. the late seventies. I was yes. like, holy shit, because I'd just seen it recently. Right, like, okay. it's, cheap, it's amazing. So he is great, and I love the way he cuts through all their fucking. He yeah. the yeah. um the judge that appears the most times in that yes. film. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, all yeah. the way through. So yeah. Um, he's like, you want me to order him to reveal his bald head. And the opposing counsel is like, they've brought a lawsuit alleging ageism. That's an extremely serious charge. And Judge Roger's like, and what's that got to do with the comb over? And he says, well, the reason he was fired, his job is to get people to trust him. But when you're perceived as a pretender, establishing that trust. And Ross is like, this is my real hair. And I was like, honey, I don't think that's what they're worried about. I just feel sorry I know I was like but just the fact that he keeps whimpering that I'm like no guys it doesn't matter that it's your real hair they're out to get you like you know Um, and Walsh is like are you saying you're firing him for appearance and he goes an appearance that undermines credibility and Billy is like this is ridiculous you cannot fire somebody for bad hair and the opposing counsel goes no that's a jury question this is discovery your honour this may seem silly but this is not simply a comb over. It's that swirly kind. <laughs> He's got hair circling around, coming back. Come on, would you buy insurance from him? And Walsh is like, well, what if he gets a haircut? And he's like, he won't. And Ross is like, why should I? I keep it neat. And Walsh says, well, why do you have to see what's under it? 
And the opposing counsel says, because he might change his style before trial. We need to get a picture to preserve it for the record. And I was like, this is the biggest load of horse shit yeah, since the boob off. Like, and um, Walsh is like, I don't really see the good in it, but hurry up. So Which he, I'm disappointed that he well, well, the thing was, is much as I understood what he was saying in terms of there was there seemed, the idea of preserving a record of something that could be changed before trial is kind of like, I understood where he was coming from. Yeah. Where he was like, oh, for God's sake, yeah, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. Just fucking do it. Like I got that. But I was like, why would it matter if he changed his hairstyle? The whole point is surely that, oh, he's had this comb over and he's bald. I mean, how is he going to change his hair? What if he shaves it all off? Then, but then surely that resolves the problem anyway, because then it doesn't make any sense in terms of what he can do. Like, he can't do anything to change the fact that he's clearly balding. So what is he going to do in regards to the style? Uh, Anyway, Walsh agrees that on the basis of this preserving record business and he's like let's go and Rosh just goes never mind I'm dropping the lawsuit oh I felt way sorry I I know know. but Billy says don't do that don't do that I think because like they deserve to be punished and he's like don't let them get you um but Ross then turns to Georgia and says can you look away I don't want you to and Georgia's like oh sure so she turns away and then music starts which is Let's Hang On by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons which is I don't know if you know that song but it's Mm. one of my faves Uh, let's hang on to what we got because we really got a lot got a lot and it's like um, as the opposing counsel goes over with his comb Joseph gets his camera out Billy's like I guess monitoring um, and the opposing counsel just starts uncurling the like comb over his hair and Billy is just looking like dumbfounded it just keeps coming and Georgia even looks back like open mouthed and the opposing counsel just looks really fucking pleased with himself which I am like delighted with what he's found yeah, yeah it's really bully like it's not very nice and you're, like, just, you're just like he's clearly deeply insecure and this is just horribly humiliating yeah yeah and georgia turning around i like either i was like well can't you fucking respect his wishes yeah yeah, yeah i was like i would have left the room yeah if it was me billy's yeah. standing there thinking this isn't as good when we got to see the tits and even walsh like starts raising his eyebrows i was like well fuck's sake I know. Leave the man his dignity. I know. But, yeah. So, back in Whipper's courtroom, um, Renee gets up to cross-examine, and as she approaches the stand, her shoes appear to be squeaking, and she's like, Your Honour, he's doing that, and John throws his hands up, like, not me. And Whipper's like, let's just carry on. And Renee takes another step, and there's a squeak. And then Whipper stands up to see what John's doing and he's just holding his hands up like so I fuck knows how he's doing this but yeah. whatever um, Renee starts questioning Albert um, and she's like so let's get this straight she has a heart attack and you don't call anybody and he's like well it happened really quickly and she's like yeah but this woman you love you don't rush to the phone to call anybody somebody who could possibly save her and Albert's like well I don't deny wishing that she would pass I didn't want her to suffer and Renee's like did you tell your friends that you wish she would die and Albert says I didn't I said I didn't want her to get to the point where she would suffer. And Renee's like, but she wasn't at that point yet. For somebody who's content to sit by her side and hold her hand, it just doesn't make sense that you wouldn't do something to save her. And Albert's like, I didn't kill her. And she's like, well, maybe you did. Cost of home care. Pretty expensive, isn't it? Um, And Albert's like, I take offence to that. 
Um, and Renee said, didn't you think that sore had to hurt? And Albert's like, I did it after. And then Renee goes to her desk and picks up an electric saw and like turns it on like yeah. a fucking like... Or she's stunting like John. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And John's like, objection. And Renee's like, is this what you took to your wife's arm? And Annie and John get up like, objection. And Whipper's like, sustain, turn that thing off, Ms. Raddick. And Renee's like, isn't it true you wanted her dead, but you knew that if she died by suffocation, you'd be arrested in a second. But to induce a cardiac arrest, then saw off her hand, Ali and John object. And John's like, argumentative. And Whipper says, sustained. And Renee just goes, this isn't what loved ones do to each other. And yeah. Ali just furrows her brow. I, I really enjoyed watching Renee, like, yeah, throw was- a bit of what, you know, you know, John if John's yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a pure yeah. John move. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was really, really nice like, though, so, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked watching it. So Elaine is talking to a stall um, where whoever is in there is flushing. Um, and she's um, talking and saying, the thing is, the centre of a man is his ego, and the centre of his ego is his id. And Ling comes out of the stall, so that's who she's talking to. Um, and she says, if you don't allow his id to feel good about itself, he will then condition his id not to want you. And once that happens, the id will go elsewhere. <laughs> and Ling's like, men want what they can't have, Elaine. Don't you know anything? And Elaine's like, well, maybe that happens initially, but eventually the little divining rod points them to what they can have. Trust me, I can support that anecdotally. <laughs> she says, you'll keep him curious with that finger thing and the hair. That may keep him at bay for a while, but eventually, in the end, it will rule. And Ling looks at her and she's like, I'm easy, I know. And Ling narrows her eyes and the growl sound happens and she walks out. And Elaine goes to follow, but she kind of catches her reflection in the mirror and she's like, hmm. And she like <laughs> winks at herself and yeah. like fluffs her hair. <laughs> like, it's really funny. Um, so yeah, nice pep talk from Elaine yeah, there. I, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird that Ling is even entertaining Elaine, giving her advice about this. Well... Billy comes around the corner in the courthouse hallway and um, walks up to Ross who's sitting with Georgia um, and he says I've spoken to Joseph he says hey, if you drop the suit and get a haircut he'll rehire you and Ross says and if I was Ross I'd be like do you know what I don't even want to work there anymore no. fucking cunts yeah. do you know what I mean Yeah. Um, but Ross is like I don't want to just because he has a thing about comb overs if he didn't know and he says look let me ask you when you first met me you didn't know it was a comb over, did you? And I was like, oh, Bobby. Billy's like, well, um, Georgia knew and she told me. And I was like, typical Billy. Oh, oh, no, George no, George no, fucking no. And then Georgia just looks at Billy like, dude, what? <laughs> you dick. And Ross is like, you could tell. And Georgia's like, she tries off trying to like placate him, but then she gives up because she's like, I just need to be straight with this yeah. guy. And she's like, everyone can tell Mr. Feynman. It looks really terrible and he just looks so sad and she's like but you're a good looking man listen we've got a lawyer at our firm she cuts and styles hair and Billy's like who? and I'm like Billy just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not a thing you know yeah Billy's like I'm up with all the stylists (laughs) (laughs) Georgia says Ling believe it or not Um, and Billy's like really? Georgia's like, for God's sake, and she's like, how about you Law let her... school stylist, what yeah. does this woman not do? Well, exactly. Georgia says, how about you let her give you a haircut? And Ross says, you mean I'd be bold? And Georgia's like, Ross, you are bold, but she'll make you look great. And Billy's like, you'll get your job back as well. And Ross is like, I just can't believe it's really that noticeable. And I was <laughs> like... Billy, like, rolls his eyes and walks away. <laughs> Dude. But how do you feel about it when about comb overs no about when 
attractive people turn around to people who are not conventionally attractive and go, but you're really good looking, so don't worry about it. Well, I mean, they're lying. <laughs> I find it super patronising. Uh... Because we're not... But then again, then again, this is the show <laughs> that told us that John Ritter was oh, meant to be an man. absolute superstar yeah, with absolute straight face, yeah. right? So, to be fair, because they never turn around and go, oh, we were lying about that, I, I'm willing to believe in this, that actually they're saying, hey, you know what? With the right haircut. That Paul Ooh! Wilson. <laughs> like, yeah, like, next we're going to get a scene of him. Well, what was it? He walked into, like, a woman's prison or something. And they were like, oh, yeah, if yeah. I wasn't locked up in here. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> And that was bizarre. <laughs> I know. Um, I think at that moment in time, uh, I think Georgia was just trying to make him I, feel better yes, about no, being I, I, I get, I get the intention behind it, but I'm just like... I always find it super insulting to a person's intelligence and self-awareness to be like, I'm, A, he looks like he's in his, uh, like, he is not a conventionally good-looking person. Well, he's reasonably old because the whole point is he's well, came he's ages in. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. And I just, I get really fucked off when people lie to other people and be like, but you're good looking. It's like, I think it's a better choice of phrase to say something like, you will look so much better. Yes. You know? Agree. Yeah. Right? Agree. And I think that's the the intention of what she was it going is. for, but she said it. But in I a really hate wrong, it wrong way. when yeah. people try and make out like, so, like a like because they're lying line, to a person. That comb over. If someone has a comb over, they do look. It's a terrible hairstyle. It is. It, it looks bad. And but giving someone bad. anyone giving someone <laughs> anyone giving some kind <laughs> advice to get rid of the comb over and restyle yeah. is doing that person a favour. Yes. Right. But don't. But but don't yeah. couch it in. Oh, don't, has no one told you you're the Fitting image of George Clooney, like she didn't say that. But she, but she, it, it's that thing of like you'll have all the babes flocking after you. And it's just like no, he won't. And it's really insulting yeah. his intelligence yeah. to tell him uh, to insinuate that he would. Well, I think part of the problem is is, is his intelligence, his self awareness is clearly very low because. He no. thinks that it looks good. Well, well, no, I mean, he's, like, borderline delusional, isn't he, in terms of, you know, he's but obviously I don't incredibly insecure about it. But Yeah, but I don't think he's under any illusions that he's, like, a stud. I think he thinks he's doing a decent... I think there's a difference yeah, yeah, yeah. between thinking... I'm super good looking when you're no, not. No, no, yeah, I don't. And think and so, thinking yeah. you're getting away with something right. by you know, like because I I uh, yeah, I just think it it yeah. uh, it just yeah, really yeah. annoys. It's like it's one of those little things that happens sometimes in real life, sometimes on TV. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it and it really irritating. It, yeah, I get it's a real pet peeve. I would yeah. say really don't like it. In this case, I do believe much as I do know what you're saying because it it smacks of that kind of like. Like, uh, it's so disingenuous. Of, uh, girls like teen comedy, where like you know the really hot girl says to their like average friend, like, "Oh, you 
are so gorgeous. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't know why you're single. Like, yeah, it just, like, well, it, comes, just... it comes with that. But I think in this, their intentions are shown to be good. But, but, I, yes. but it always comes from good intentions. But yes. that doesn't mean, like, it, it's... Um, I still don't think it's a nice thing to do. Yeah, intention's not a defense, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's... Um, I just don't... I, I really hate it. It really yeah. gets under... I get it, I get it. It annoys it. me so yeah. much. So, Ali and Renee are in the anteroom, and Ali's telling Renee off for attacking uh, Albert, and, and Renee's like, uh, he's a murderer. And I was like, no, he's not. And if you weren't so blinded by a political need for a conviction, because you need a conviction, there's press, um, and she's like, and you want to beat our firm at any cost. That doesn't justify going after an innocent, broken-hearted. And Renee's like, are you nuts? <laughs> and he's like, oh, come on, Renee. What kind of murder plan is that? Chop off a limb to induce a heart attack? And Renee's like, oh, you're using reason now. Reason explains why he hacked off her hand after. And Ali's like, no, love explains it. <laughs> Renee's like, you have got to be kidding. And Ali's like, you know what your problem is, Renee? You are so jaded that you can't even conceive of the idea that somebody could be that madly in love. You know what? I feel sorry for you. I really do. And Renee says possibly the truest words in this episode. Only you can interpret mutilation as love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I was like, I screamed <laughs> yeah. with laughter. I was like <laughs> laughing my head off at that line. I, I've got to say, I think Lisa Nicole Carson is like amazing in the scene. She really rocks it. And I, know. I loved her just seeing it laying into Ali hardcore because at this point, I genuinely think Renee is treating her like she's dangerous and I think she should because I think she is dangerous at this point because I'm like you're a fucking lawyer and you come across as a maniac like (laughs) because you're you're literally saying if this guy is fucking guilty because the arguments you're making are not based in any kind of reality what you're trying to yes he might be innocent Mm. but the reasons you're giving for his innocence are insane kind Mm. of thing Clearly, to me, I go, if he is innocent, he acted... It was a moment of madness. Well, because, I think we should hold that for retrial. Well, no, yeah. because it, like in terms of... in What I mean, all I mean is just... It's that case of if he is innocent, it's because in a moment of madness, he did this thing because he yeah, was so yeah, broken yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, Not what she's saying of, oh, it's because he was so in love. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm just like, as in the, what uh, yes, he did I was a genuinely understandable yes, thing. Yes, yes. And therefore, from this, I'm like, no, you are, you should yeah, not be you working are in this case. The, you are off the, like, It's just now. like, you're off the case. Well, yeah. Renee says, look, I know the man is your client. I understand you have to take his side, but for you to yeah. believe it, that just makes you hopeless. You're hopeless, Ali. Which I thought was an odd insult. Because when she said, like, yeah, I get that you have to take your side, because I thought, yeah, that's a really good argument yeah. in terms of, you know, because it comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Mm. Um, but when she went, you're hopeless, I was like, because up until that point, I was right there with Renee, and I was like, what's that mean? I just, like, I didn't really well, I think just, it like, made I a can, point. Well, no, I, I, I get what she means. Like, I, no hope for you. I, I cannot help you. Yeah. You are so far gone on your delusional delusions about love mm. and what love is and what love there is does. There's no hope for you. Like you I cannot help you. I cannot reason with you. But I think it, I think she genuinely should have said that because this isn't one of those cases where I think oh that kind of comes across well. I just think it seems slightly clunky 
And the dialogue for her to be just like, you're hopeless, Ali. Yeah, no, It just I... comes across as she's just insulting her to insult her. Right. Like, okay. yeah, rather well, than actually make a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Renee leaves. Vonda starts singing Hey There, Lonely Girl by Eddie Holman as we go to a <laughs> montage of Ali walking back to the office thoughtfully. But then the music cuts out at a saw noise. And I assume that's from the street as she potentially walks past the construction site because we no, don't see anything. No, no, Did you not listen to the lyrics? No, so, okay. As, right. Okay, so as she's walking, Vonda is singing that song and just as Vonda sings how he longs to take your hand, right. she hears a buzzsaw noise. Right. So she's like, Ugh! Yeah. Like, I yeah. was glad they okay. undercut that kind of scene which I yeah. thought was literally a serious sad music yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah I was glad they undercut I wasn't listening to the lyrics no so John is pacing around in his office working on his closing and Ali is sat on his couch just I guess for moral support um, and she's like well uh, maybe she's right we both want to believe he's innocent and me I always like to think that people can be so irreparably in love <laughs> And John's like, you hope that when you go, somebody's going to saw off your hand? And Ali's like, well, that's not going to happen. We both know that, don't we? <laughs> and then John's like, I'm back to being sorry. I kissed you. And Ali's like, it's okay. And John's like, but don't do it again. Yeah. I like that his reason for being sorry that he kissed her was because now he thinks she's a fucking loony. <laughs> not because he just shouldn't have done it. And I would say when Ali says... Um, it's okay. Callista Flockhart's performance to me says it is not okay. Oh, really? It, yeah, oh, really? the way she right. performs it comes across to me as su- a woman who's going, You are my superior at work. He so is her I have boss. to make it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And she comes across as someone deeply uncomfortable going, oh, it's, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. had a nightmare about it last night, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, John then continues and is like, you know, with our cli- uh, we look at our client and Billy and George's and the guy with the comb over and we're all thinking, how pathetic. Well, maybe we're the pathetic ones. At least they're out walking planks. We stay tucked inside, ready to represent them when they fall. And Ali's like, this is the birthday blues talking. Objection! Oh. So, John seems to be saying in this speech yeah. that we should admire people for cutting off our arms. <laughs> and I'm like, in terms of what he's saying, he's saying, hey, our clients, you know, we think they're fucking crazy. Number one, I'm like, why are you equating Kobova guy with the guy who cut his fucking arm off his wife? Yeah. But also, does he say, hey, you know, we've been saying they're the weird ones. Well, maybe we're the weird ones for not cutting arms off yeah. and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. I was just like, you're a Fucking maniac, mate. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Okay? It doesn't like, hey, you know, at least they're taking risks. Uh, I would say it's a really mental thing to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Using them as an example. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, good objection. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Ali gets up and goes over to him. She's like, John, we are not pathetic. And I was like, really? <laughs> she's like, come on. And she gives him a hug and she says, I mean, look, look at my outfit. And you, you're such a great lawyer. I'm like, you're a lawyer yeah, too. I know. Why, why, like, yeah, I look so good and you are so smart. Like, we are not. <laughs> the, the, the things that competed for my objection was 
earlier on when John decides to retract his apology. Yeah, yeah. And this, where it was like, John's kind of like, you know, I win cases. You're a smart dresser, okay? He's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. does she win cases as well? And it's just like, hey, you know, me, good lawyer, you look good in a miniskirt. Exactly. Um, So he's saying, you know, I'm 35 years old, I'm still alone, maybe I need some kind of an omen. And then he gets up really impassioned, like, I'm 35, damn it, I've never met anybody I felt like chopping up, and nobody's ever wanted to chop up me. I haven't lived. (laughs) Jesus. And then Annie goes, I should do the closing and John's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I did laugh at that bit (laughs) Um, so the next day we get Renee doing her closing and she's like sticking to the fact she's like the clear cut bloody limb in his car body in his house he told others he wanted her to die the financial cost of her living was a huge burden the only thing he can come up with is gee I saw the handoff after because I didn't want to lose the connection sometimes how it looks is exactly how it is the pathologist told you he cut the hand off first. Now let's go back to that room and use a little common sense. <laughs> Case closed. Yeah. And um, then Ali does her closing. The pathologist said likely. He couldn't establish anything conclusively. There was no testimony to contradict what my client said. I, I could sit down right now and rest on reasonable doubt. But... Before I I do, I'd like to um, tell you that uh, today's my birthday. (laughs) And and every time I have a birthday, I I get these panic attacks of, um, I I, I don't know, uh, underachievement. Like, Like my life is a big empty sack. The district attorney, who, who knows me best, by the way, last night she called me hopeless. Twice. That I have to take issue with. I am not a person without hope. In fact, sometimes I wonder if hope is the only thing I've got going. Why are you making this about you? Yeah. Why is this about well, you? I know. <laughs> what this came across as to me was Ali's closing is, hey guys, let me win, because number one, it's my birthday. Number two, the prosecution's a big bully. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nothing to do with the actual fucking case. Yeah, the thing that, that I hope for most, I'm embarrassed to admit, is emotional dependence. It's probably why my friends think I'm crazy. I mean, who would actually wish for that kind of weakness? But I, I do. I want to meet, fall in love with, and be with somebody I can't bear to live without. And that's why, as glad as I am not to be in Albert Shepley's shoes today, I, I envy a little what he had. Now, of course, it isn't normal what he did. He has to be at least a a little crazy to to chop the hand off after she died. And and I could never see myself doing something like that, as I'm sure, nor could you. But as for the love that that made him do it, I, I pray that one day I'll know some of that madness. He loved her more than life. And when she died, he couldn't bring himself to let go. And he did something crazy. 
Now the district attorney just can't seem to make room for the possibility that love can be this powerful, and, and well, that, that to me makes her a little hopeless. We all want to be madly in love, don't we? He was, and I suspect still is. When David E. Kelly murders his wife, this is going to make a lot of sense. Free Michelle Pfeiffer! <laughs> oh, God. Oh so, God. yeah, has anyone checked on Michelle Pfeiffer? I know. Is she okay? <laughs> she has <laughs> done a welfare check. I mean, she is stuck in the quantum realm, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so, the elevator dings at Cajun Fish as the doors open, Ling comes out to the Wicked Witch theme music, and she walks through the office until Georgia calls after her, and the track kind of distorts, and Georgia's like, Ling, did you forget the haircut? We were waiting for you in Billy's office, and Ling's like, oh, I'll be there in a minute, and Georgia's like, ugh, and Ling turns around, and the track kind of winds up again and continues, yeah. and it gets to its end, like the bit where it's like, do 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 <laughs> and she gets to Richard's office and she closes the door and she's like, why are you talking to Elaine about our sex life? Yes. And Richard's like, Ling, we don't have a sex life. That's what I want to talk about. And Ling bears over his desk and she's like, I'm beginning to get angry. And Richard's like, oh gee, there goes the congeniality award. And she's like, I've had enough. And he goes, so have I. And she was like, that was a hard whole sentence. And Ling, uh, Richard says, Ling, I feel like this little yo-yo you get to play with. And Ling's like, all because we haven't made love. And Richard's like, all because of my confusion. If we're a couple, then... And Ling goes, Richard, if I made love to you, you'd go blind. And Richard's like, excuse me? And she's like, okay, I'm amazing in bed. It's not something I'm proud of, but I have ruined lives. I think you clearly are proud of it. <laughs> Very inflated opinion of herself. She says, I cannot take another man saying there's nobody else after me. I've tried everything, okay? I've gone half speed, I've gone slow. No matter what I do, it always comes out the best sex the man's ever had. And suddenly, it's no more talking, no more movies, no time for dinner. It's sex, 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 sex. And I'd like to get to know you, okay? I like you. If we go to bed, your blood flow will be changed forever and things will be different. I need to cut hair. <laughs> I, I, okay, but I do love whenever Ling has those, like, randy speeches and, and then, then she just moves in. on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, just bizarre. Yeah. So, yeah. I, literally, I was kind of, what are you talking about? And also, nothing about their relationship up to this point, from my point of view, comes off as people who are spending loads of time kind of getting to know each other, going movies, kind of doing stuff like that. They don't come across that I kind of thing. No, they do. They do see they them on uh, dates to restaurants. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see her. Well, she like, sucked his fingers off. Yeah, maybe. Like, uh, yeah. and like, gone to. Like, she's gone over to his place and things like that. Yeah. We, do, we have seen that. Okay. So she turns and storms off. She storms into Billy's office. Georgia tries to introduce him, but without even looking at anyone, she just picks up the scissors and in, like, five snips, she's cut all of his comb over yeah. off, throws it aside, and she just walks out. Yeah. It's like, blink and you miss it. Why didn't they just shave all his fucking hair off? Like, I never understand people who are clearly bald who just go, <laughs> like, who's <laughs> hanging on to bits on the side. It's like, mate, just... Just let it all go. <laughs> Especially with this character, the whole point was about that. It. Baby steps. So Billy's like, <laughs> yeah. you look good. And Ross is like, I do. And Georgia's like, yeah, it's a, it's a good
good haircut? She gave you a good haircut? Yeah, George is like, I'm fucking dripping wet looking at <laughs> like, just, like, Again, it is that thing of total bullshit. Well, <laughs> like, oh, well, well that bit's not bullshit no. because it is a better haircut it's a better for yeah. sure. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so from his... For what they have to work with him, it is a good haircut. <laughs> oh, but then she picks with. up the hand mirror and he's like, so I go through life as a bold man? And George is like, you go through your life as you. And Ross goes, bold. And Georgia is like, and handsome. And I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, that's stuff like that. I'm just like, shut up. So dreamy. Stop patronising <laughs> him. Well, anyway, Ross leaves to go and look in the bathroom mirror um, and Billy sort of says to Georgia. Georgia is lying. <laughs> yeah, Billy's like, you're a good person, Georgia, and it's nice to see you smile again, even if it involved a comb over. I'm George- a good person. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like Ali, yeah, I like, yeah. I'm a good, I'm a good. <laughs> like, I don't even love. Yeah, um, even if it's not a comb over. And Georgia says, "Well, some things can't just be combed over, Billy." And Billy's like, <laughs> "Oh." Billy goes, "I know, but I would like to work on that." And I was like, "No, Georgia, don't fall for this. <laughs> yeah. No." And please don't extend this metaphor. Yeah, exactly. Like, do not comb over your relationship. <laughs> So back at the courthouse, the jury files in. Um, Ali's looking kind of nervous, saying that she thinks it's good, but who knows? But anyway, they find in favour. Well, sorry, they find the defendant not guilty. Yes. Um, and Ali says congratulations, and then Albert goes, "Would it be putting things to try to get her hand back?" Oh my god! And Ali's like, "Yes, yes it would." <laughs> Um, so then ha, ha, ha. John goes over to Renee and says, I believe he is innocent if it's any consolation. And Renee's like, yeah. And then John lunges to kiss Renee. And I was like, John? John is snogging women against their will all over the John place John is a snog machine. How has John become a worse sexual offender than Richard. In one episode. <laughs> in one episode. Well, How is this Turning the big three five, so that's what happened. And now I've decided to become a sex pest. Like, yeah. I'm just like, this is insane. Not okay. No. Like, I, the reason I think I, ha- I decided in the end to object here and not with Ali yeah. is because although they are both workplaces... This is more public. Yeah. And I just feel like... Well, I don't know if that makes it worse or better. Like, well, I, I, I felt like it was worse because it meant that... Because it, it, I just think that that experience would be more humiliating right. with people around you. Got yeah. Also, at this point, have Renee and John had any romantic... No kind no. of like because obviously no. she, they dance they together some... and she's like she's flirted with him but, but Renee is, is a natural fl- like, she'll flirt with she, anyone yeah. but they yeah. definitely have some more hardcore flirtation later on in the series yes, yes but at this point no nothing which kind of makes happened. this even worse in a way. yeah of course but yeah uh yeah, uh, not good. No. Um, so in the bar, Elaine, it's now kind of full on Ali's birthday. Elaine's doing her big performance, like her whole thing of my pledge of love in a yeah. handkerchief dress, which took me back. Talking about fashion <laughs> moments. Like, did anyone else wear those handkerchief, like that paisley kind of dress? No. Uh, well, it was a big thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> it was a thing. Um, and Ali, John and Nell are at a table. Billy, Georgia and Ross are at a booth. And Ling and Richard are at the bar. 
Um, yeah. Ali's saying to John and Nell that, she, that I get so moved when she does this for me. And John's like, how come she never sings for my birthday? And Nell's like, well, you kept your birthday a secret. And John's like, oh, yeah. But then Nell says, but I did order up a little something for you. Um, and John's like, what? And Nell's like, oh, it's coming. You'll know. And John goes, Nell, I won't stand to be embarrassed. <laughs> and then Renee comes dancing up. And Ali's like, oh, hey, 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 hopeless. And Renee's like, funny. I'm only here because it's your birthday and I don't want you to be alone. And Ali <laughs> says, and I appreciate that. And kisses her on the forehead and yeah. says, and I love you. And Renee's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Elaine's reaching the climax of the song. Ross is checking his reflection in a teapot and Georgia and Billy are just admiring like their work. Um, and Elaine approaches Ross and does a sexy dance for him, kissing and caressing his bold patch um, and finishes the song and everyone applauds. Um, and then we go back to Richard and Elaine. I mean, that moment seems oh, to be so set up. It does. It seems oh, yeah. to be Billy and George are like, don't worry, mate, we'll get our wrestling bike to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, great. Yeah, uh, no, it does feel like they said something really to Elaine yeah. to, to like pander to them. Well, that's what I mean in terms yeah. of it's, re- it's just so of just you using Elaine to be like, oh, yeah, so we can get her to kind of, yeah, she's she's because yeah. it's Elaine, she's it. That's the, She'll do it. That's the presumption. Yeah. Thing. Like, you know, and of course in this show, it is true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Elaine's not discriminatory. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back with Richard and Ling, Richard says, I must say, since you told me you were amazing in bed, I've lost all interest. <laughs> and things like aren't you intimidated like what if you don't please me and Richard's like it's not about pleasing you the idea is making me happy right <laughs> but you know you're not the only one with erogenous tricks I know a couple of ways to drive you crazy and Ling's like such as like really sceptical he's like uh, there's a little spot in your knee pit tough to find but I can and Ling's like my knee pit and he's like yeah and he goes to try and explain it but then he's like skip it and he's like just stick out your leg stick it out and she does and he sort of warms his fingers up by blowing on them yeah. and then sort of licks it a little. And there's all this spy-like music starts yeah. up, um, like surreptitious music. Yeah. And he's like, it's under the subcutaneous, but... And he kind of reaches his hand down and Ling then suddenly starts moaning when She's he like, hits mm. the right spot. Yeah. Um, and I was like, so I guess simulating male oral sex isn't enough. We now need female as yeah. well now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is now going to be their code for fingering someone. Yes. Fine. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Ling is uh, gasping and sighing all over the shop. And she's like, who taught you that? And he's like, oh, I'm the teacher on this one. You might even say master, right, Ling? And Ling's like, God. And Richard's like, he just snaps his hand back and the music cuts out and he's like, bygones. And Ling's like, don't stop. And he's like, well, maybe another time. And she's like, Richard. And Richard's like, no, I like dinner. I like movies talking. I don't want you coming at me knee pit, knee pit, knee pit. <laughs> so the knee pit thing. Yes. Um, now, this becomes quite a protracted kind of joke yeah. in the show. Like, yes. it comes up quite a lot. Um, they joke. found a way to simulate fingering. Right, yeah. but you, you say that. <laughs> What I find interesting about this is that if we're to take that this is code for um, fingering someone yeah. or whatever, and then earlier on we've said that Lynn sucking Rich's fingers is code for yeah. her sucking him off. Yeah. What I would say is... In what re- about anal sex? In, in, <laughs> no, no, no. In reality, in, reality, in the real world, 
a woman sucking a man's fingers is something that is often played as a kind of sexual yes, kind of thing in terms of yeah, yeah a foreplay yeah, yeah, thing yeah, 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 a yeah. real thing yeah. yeah as far as I'm aware certainly I've never used it a man <laughs> kind of fingering a woman's knee pit <laughs> is not used as a real thing <laughs> so in terms of I was like it so it for, I, it strikes me as odd that they've used one thing where it's like, well, no, that is a real thing that happens. Yeah. To something where I'm like, this bizarre, weird, we've decided that within well, the reality of this show, a because, woman will love getting well, her Well, they have to think of something. Well, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so what orifice can we use that's the least <laughs> slash most <laughs> acceptable? Yeah. Licking her armpit. <laughs> fingers in someone's armpit and go mm, you could you know what I mean? <laughs> could have had like licking the ear or something yeah 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 but you like wouldn't that. have to, like sticking someone's fingers in there yeah. like <laughs> 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 you know what though you know when I'll you go, find... bet you come so hard you'll go deaf <laughs> you know when um you have like a blockage in your ear and you're trying to get it to pop yeah and sometimes you jam your finger in and out to oh, and, like, very yeah, satisfying yeah. Yeah. i often call that an ear wank because it's like <laughs> <laughs> There is a sudden rush to the head. Uh, yeah, also. But like that just doesn't come across as well on TV, I think. I think the fact they have to reach down under yeah, yeah, the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's even that's even more code. Ears are not sexy, yeah. whereas legs are. Yeah. yeah. Well in the reality yeah. of the show, fingering a woman's knee pit works wonders because not only does it work for Ling it also works for Renee later on yeah, because yeah. there's uh, a scene in the I think the next season yeah, where yeah. that happens right no, um, no it's later this season oh it's later this season yeah. okay well it certainly keeps coming up right yeah and it always works a charm yeah, right? yeah. and I found and like any man can do it apparently yeah, yeah. this <laughs> totally seems to be David E. Kelly fantasy writing of what happens is we get Ling being the super sexually confident woman of going like, you know, I'm so incredible at sex that I'll blow your mind. Yeah. And you'll never be able to I'll blow you and I'll blow your mind. Yeah, and I'll be able to be And then what happens is Richard, of all people, the kind of thing, and we know what he represents in this show yeah. at the end of the day, a certain kind of like toxic male figure. Yeah. Like turns the tables on her. Yeah. And dominates her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day. So has he, her begging. The for woman all. who yeah. is very much the standing for a geisha kind yeah. of figure. He completely dominates her, and now the shoe is on the other foot, and yeah. she's the one chasing after him. Because yeah. yeah. later on, there's a thing where he says, "Oh, get up and dance." Go, think, oh, I'll give you a bit of knee pit later if you yeah. do. It. She's like, oh, 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 wait, like yeah. And now it seems like completely the tables turn, and he has finally done what you know the fantasy, the white male fantasy would yeah. be of dominating her all the time, having along. her like thirsty for him all the time. Yes, yes, yes. So agreed. They've ingenious I guess device a plot device narrative device to yes. come up with so I would love to have been at that script meeting except it wasn't anyone it was oh, just David E. Kelly on his own being like hmm knees are erotic right <laughs> what looks most like a vagina knee pit <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> writing that in can we get photos of Michelle's knee pit <laughs> um, so after that exchange 
music starts and it's the opening chords to my first, my last, my everything. And we yes. cut to Nell, John, Renee and Ali. And Nell is beaming <laughs> from yeah. ear to ear. And John points to the kind of speakers in the ceiling. It's like, ah, oh, my present. And Nell's like, it is. And John's she's like, so cute. I um, love her. And John, I guess, is just assuming it's just that she's asked for the track to be played because yeah. he's like, he's like really like underwhelmed in a way. He's like, uh, he thinks it's nice, but he's yeah. not, this like, is your present. It's shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think he thinks it's nice, but he's just like, oh, that's you know sweet. Yeah, okay, um, I guess we and he should goes, go dance. I suppose yeah. we should dance. She's like, oh, it gets better. And he's like, it does. And Nell's like, you only turn thirty-five once. Happy birthday. And then we hear Barry White. We can't see him, but he goes. Yes. Yes, Ali, Ali and Renee are like, what? And he's like. And then Barry appears from behind the curtain. The, the whole bar. The whole bar like, goes nuts. Well, because when it, it, before it happens, everyone's kind of looking around because it's very clearly not the not track. Not a track. It's like it's live. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly there's a spotlight and yeah. it's Barry White himself in the bar. Yeah. And he's like And everyone yeah goes everyone nuts. goes absolutely mental. <laughs> and he's like riffing on his normal intro because yeah. he's like And he's like walking through the crowd and John turns around and sees him and it's just like his mouth drops. Yeah. He's absolutely speechless and he comes through and shakes John's hand and he's like <laughs> and he's like heading for the stage yeah. and Nell's like what do you think and John is like <gasps> he's like covering his face like he just cannot believe mouth. it and Ali's like, I think he likes his present. And then Barry starts singing. He gets the to the track. stage and starts singing. And I mean, it's brilliant. Isn't it's it? great. That entrance, <laughs> brilliant. And John rises, still open mouthed. And he gets up and he sort of makes it onto the stage. Yeah. And he's just like dancing alongside like Barry White. The, the, this scene is John at his most trumble esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which one? Oh, both. <laughs> David and, and Stephen. And I bet that is very much a compliment. Yeah. Uh, David this... and Stephen Trumbull, former guest. Yeah, this scene is the entire reason I chose this episode. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. So Ali's like, um, after the first verse, which they kind of let John have on the stage on his own dancing. Dancing Then Ali goes, all right, it's my birthday too. Let's go. And Nell and Renee get up. And Elaine starts getting up and she's like, for John, it's the least we can do. Yeah. And she runs over and then Billy and George are just shrug and also go up. And they're all doing their line dancing thing again. And yeah. they've got a whole routine going on because Richard and Ling that's where they have that exchange you mentioned just previously yeah. where he goes oh I guess it'd be rude for us not to go up and Ling's like oh no I get stage fright and he's like I'll give you a little knee pit and she immediately goes up and yes. Richard's, Richard's almost like wow that works yeah he mouths yeah. he's like wow <laughs> and they join the line dance and the whole crowd is clapping them along and it's well, they're so doing, like wonderful like, his routine. whole routine yeah. I was like we need to learn this because it's so good. I would love to do it to the song. You have well, to break down. I have the written moves. on my notes, it massive curve was absolutely fucking joyous. 
in terms of like the, this scene, right? It is. It, this, it is. This scene so is good. the reason I fell in love with this show on original what? Oh. Like when because I'd seen episodes of this before. Um, the first episode I ever saw was the one where Renee and Ali tell competing jokes. Yeah. Um, but this was the episode where I started watching it properly. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I'd seen lots of different episodes like before, but then I saw this one and this scene blew me away so it's much so that I was like, from then on, I watch every week and yeah. like a fan of the show because it is just, this is a show that can be problematic at times. So yeah. But this scene, this sequence feels like a scene that could only really happen in this show. Yeah. And it yeah. feels so beautifully put together it kind of all of the characters when actually grouped together on stage in that massive dance sequence you feel a huge amount of warmth and love for all those characters in that moment and actually as a group you're like oh this is why I really enjoyed this show this is so much (laughs) and I've got to say during this whole scene Ali is adorable as anything, yeah. right? And I was, I was like, Clarissa Fogel is really fucking good at this kind of stuff. She'd be amazing, like a screwball comedy from the 30s or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, And she does this kind of thing so well. And it kind of pissed me off that it always made Ali so neurotic and annoying. Yeah. Because yeah. in this scene, I was like, when she, she always comes off slightly tipsy and kind yeah. of like, you know, she's having real fun. And I'm just like, oh, she's so much fun in this sequence. Yeah. And everyone is, having a whale of a time yeah. um, the woman who plays Renee Lisa Nicole Carson yeah she's awesome like Darcy yeah. I would say she really because obviously there's some people who are kind of more natural kind yeah. of movers and shakers than other yeah. people and yeah. like you know uh, but it's just it's so charming it's so, so fucking yeah. charming and, and obviously the- Barry White Legend. Kills yeah. it. Kills I it. mean yeah. kills it. stroke of genius to be able to, to A think of like what if we got Actual Barry, and then to actually manage to make that materialize yeah. is like really like what a fantastic Amazing. idea. Well, and I think it's yes. such a yeah. prominent figure in the show. Testament like, yeah. to obviously when they first wrote in in season one that John was going to be obsessed Barry with Barry White. White. Yeah. They had no idea that they'd be able to pull this yeah. off. They didn't know at that point when they wrote it whether the show would be successful. Yes. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for it to be able to get to the point where Barry White's like, yeah, yeah I'll do it. In the second season, yeah. to like go from Completely. no audience to having an audience big enough where Barry White's like, sure, I'll come uh, on. Come and on. this is what was the gateway to more and more performers coming on yeah, and being like, yeah, I'll do yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Barry White's done it. Like, yeah. Al Green comes yeah. on later, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, 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 he does. So, I mean, it's wonderful. And then it just, like, freeze frames on the end where they fist. Yeah, which I love that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a great yeah, ending. Yeah. Rather than have it, like, fade out, I just love the freeze yeah. frame. It's yeah, brilliant. it's really great. It's really, just, uh, really heartwarming. Like, yeah, yeah, you just, heartwarming. you come away, yeah, feeling very, like, warm and fuzzy. And you're like, side. I just yeah. want to work in an office like that where everyone line dances is to Barry White yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> I watched it three times. <laughs> the, the, the final sequence, I rewound and watched. Like, from when Barry White walks in, yeah. I watched it three times. It's because brilliant. it is... 
John realising he's there and everything like that. His and little face. And, and it actually, <laughs> this policy card makes you forgive John everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly. In the episode. Does it? Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, it's been one of the most problematic people in this episode. Yeah. yeah you're just so happy for him. And yeah. I think also like, it's because you realise the moment, much as he's been snogging every single woman who isn't Nell, <laughs> that actually Nell is the perfect woman for him in this well, one because yeah, well, she, she really knows him cares. so well and she, she cares so much. Really well. I mean, God knows what she had to do to get Barry more <laughs> I, mean, I don't know I don't believe I mean maybe it's covered in the next episode but like, I don't believe it's it is ep- yeah. oh it is it she works. brings up well she just she says it explains it she yeah. says it was lame. That's her explanation. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the next episode. Well, yeah, yeah. I was like, because I was like, right, how did they, in reality of the show, get Barry White to turn up? <laughs> well, I wonder whether, like, the show had made, like, uh, Barry White, like, popular, like a resurgence of his song. No, he was popular. What, a resurgence? Yeah, like, no, 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 I'm not saying this is when he hit the big no, time. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is a resurgence of popularity oh, due yeah, to I'm, this I'm show. I'm sure, I'm and sure. And so yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that's probably, he was like, yeah, like you've helped oh, me no, sell no, more no, music. No, but but in, <laughs> in the reality of the show, not how did they get him for Ali McBeal, how did Nell get him? Because yeah, he wasn't well, going... Because I said Ling. Yeah, I know, but that's not an explanation. It is. Terms of, <laughs> how did Ling get him? Because like, you made it sound as if he'd gone in the reality of the show. Hey, I hear that you have been playing my songs during your fantasies. Oh, my albums have been selling like hotcakes ever since. Well, it did need to, because it was the very next year that Black Legend did that remix yes. of You See the Trouble With Me, which yeah. was super popular. Yeah. And I think that was off yes. the back yes. of Ali McBeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. 100%. It was definitely that time as well. I when... love that remix. Because yeah, obviously CDs were still a big thing where literally yeah. something like this could come on, which was a massive show at the time. Everyone and suddenly there was loads of repackaged Barry White greatest hits. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, so good. Retrial. Commonwealth versus Albert Feynman. How do we find? <laughs> Am I going first? Well, <laughs> I guess you are. We're staring at you. Yeah. I actually buy that this guy's innocent. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Like, I don't know whether I'm like. I I think it's obviously it's a fucking odd reaction to your wife dying, but people do do really fucking odd shit. Like when when like a, a crisis happens. Yeah, they do. And um, it, it definitely needed to be investigated, and yeah. you know potentially go to court. But I do buy that he is innocent. Yeah. Um. Because also killing someone by cutting off their hand yeah. is hardly a foolproof plan if you were planning no. on killing someone. Yeah. So I mean, I buy that he's innocent. He just did a mad thing in the in the yeah. immediate aftermath of grief. I didn't like the line that Ali was trying to take with it when she was no. like, "When you're that in love, you'll do crazy yeah, no, things." Because that grief, we've discussed yeah. that before. That that excuses all kinds of dangerous and yeah. unacceptable behaviour. But in this case, they didn't have any evidence, so therefore, there's reasonable doubt. Which, yes. if you yeah. use the law correctly, that means he has to be found not guilty. You cannot find someone guilty just because yeah. you think they might have done it. You know, yeah. it's like you. Have it doesn't to go make sense that if you wanted to kill someone, yeah, and get away with it, that yeah. you would chop off their hand. No. Like, that doesn't... Because people survive having their hands yeah, chopped off. There do. is no guarantee 
that you would cause a heart attack. Well, were they trying to say she had a history of heart problems? No, no, no. That... She had, an, I think, she had a terminal illness. Yes. Because if she had a history of heart problems, then their argument of "oh, you were hoping to bring on cardiac arrest" would have made more sense. Made sense. But they didn't yeah, say but they that. Yeah, no, they didn't say that uh, I mean, what I was saying in terms of yeah, I think it's a difficult one in terms of it. Definitely fucking weird. Yeah. Um. I, uh, like I was saying earlier, I agree that in a moment of grief, someone could have a moment of madness to do something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Not that that's a romantic thing to do. No. Like, more yeah. than just that that is something that could happen in a mode of delusion. That weird line that he had about, oh, no one's ever kind of talked to ask yeah. me about anything. I think before. that's just weird. I thought like it was it. very, very odd. Yeah. But you say that. Okay. But if Agent Holden Ford from Mindhunter was here, <laughs> yeah. it's the kind of thing he would pick up on immediately yes. and be like, this is like the first time that yeah. he's done it yeah. and he's going to do it again. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, yeah. and, that, and that's going to become his signature. He cuts <laughs> off like a limb kind of thing. Like, so, you know, I think, yeah, in this case, probably innocent or at least we have to say innocent because well, the reason doubt thing certainly yeah. I think the show portrays him as being innocent yeah like, well you know I think there's a question mark over it but I end. just think if you're trying it based on the law like you reasonable doubt and also it, but yes on reasonable doubt innocent but I do not like the way the show portrays it at the end when he goes oh would it be too much to ask for the hand yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like right well that is 100% categorically the show going he yes this is a romantic thing where he wants to keep the hand yeah and yeah, like yeah, that that's that's bad. understandable. Yeah, yeah. And where I'm like, no, 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 no. like and, as I just said, that that's not a real thing. We shouldn't be. This guy sounds like a guy's cracked. Yeah. So yeah. he just, might not have killed her, but he might kill someone else. But it's just the way that Ali's like, I could just rest here on reasonable doubt, and then she just goes into this story about the fact that it's her birthday, and I'm like, you should have just stopped. Yeah. Her reasonable doubt and sat down. Like this is not up. about your birthday. Because the rest of it was all about <laughs> I'm in love. When you're in love, you do crazy things, and that was just unnecessary. I'm just damaging, a girl ridiculous. in love. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna have a crazy ex-girlfriend sing along. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be doing that shortly. <laughs> <when we start laughs> recording. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. Uh, I will bring my not guilty verdict. Yes. For now. Yes, uh, because it just I mean she barely does anything in this episode until the final scene yeah but I guess we're meant to believe she was too busy arranging getting Barry White I mean that's a full time job <laughs> like you know it's, it's lovely I mean, the, certainly watching this episode the idea of Nell being portrayed as some cold hard ice queen is the most ridiculous I've never thing ever. She's that. clearly like the warmest, nicest, nicest loveliest, person. kindest woman like, of all time. She's so happy yeah. to make John happy. happy. And it, yeah. they're not even together. And she's not even wanting it, to be. It's yeah. literally just a thing of going, Oh, I know that this would this be something that would make him insanely happy. And, and he's it's gonna be worried about his turning 35 yeah. I want to do something and it's going to be a lovely moment and that's yeah. why she does it and it's completely selfless acts and I yeah. think it's and obviously it results in probably the most wonderful moment of Bill of all time so there you go so I'm the Great. same I've done now not guilty for organising Barry I actually forgot that she was the reason that this happened and it was just like I say really so selfless yeah. and I just love her and she's she, the best yeah no she's super adorable when she's like she's, she's, she's beaming just so happy she's beaming that she's like making him, him so happy, happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah mine is 
John is guilty. On his birthday? Yeah, for two counts of sexual assault in the workplace. Oh. Not cute. Not a bold new attitude. Sexual assault. Okay. Uh, excuse me. If Ali can use her birthday as a reason to let her win the case. <laughs> I'm sure that John can use his birthday as saying it's A-OK for me to slot no, this two. The equivalent of birthday mistletoe. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Judge Eleanor Say says no. no. Birthday mistletoe. <laughs> Fuck that narrative. Is it, let me present the birthday defence. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Eleanor's like, no, it's no. nay on the birthday defence <laughs> day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what did you think of this episode? Are you a Barry Stan like us three? Yeah. <laughs> or are you like, I could have done without the line dancing? Let us know. We are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast, Instagram at Bygones Pod, Facebook search for Bygones Podcast. You can email us at bygonespodcast.com no, at gmail.com. You know how emails work. Um, <laughs> and if you really love us and want to see all things, you know, extra, early, other content from us, you can uh, get a, what do you call it, pledge to us on Patreon. From a little, as little as $1, there's all sorts of fun happening Where can we Patreon. find um, Spotlight? Where can we? Uh, Spotlight, you can find at Spotlight Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so we're on all the socials at the same thing and obviously we're available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Acast anywhere uh, you want to get your podcast basically anywhere you can find your podcast I think the only thing we might not be on is Stitcher but who cares about that who cares about that (laughs) Uh, so yeah you should come and listen Pod Bible recommended podcast yeah yeah, very good very good Uh, maybe you should run a poll on your socials for the whole John scenario I will uh, is it sexual assault or birthday treats? <laughs> I will. But <laughs> watch out for that because I will. Um, so until next time, you ready, Liam? I'm ready. Okay. Bye, Bye guys. guys! <laughs>